Well, one of the four principal functions of the CIA is to gather intelligence and, and ideally forward it to the, the president, the users of information, the policymakers, as they say. There are other functions, however, some of them more legitimate than others. One is to run secret wars, the covert action that's written and talked about so much, like what's happening in Nicaragua today from Honduras. Another thing is to disseminate propaganda to influence people's minds, and this is a major function of the CIA. And uh, unfortunately, of course, it overlaps into the gathering of information. You, you have contact with a journalist, you will give him true stories, you'll get information from him, you'll also give him false stories. Did you do buy his confidence with true stories? You buy his confidence and set him up. We've seen this happen in, uh, recently with Jack Anderson, for example, who, who has his intelligence sources, and he has also admitted that he's been set up by them. You know, every fifth story just simply being false. Uh, you also work on their human vulnerabilities to recruit them in a classic sense, to make them your agent so that you can control what they do, so you don't have to set them up sort of, you know, by, by putting one over on them. So you can say, here, plant this one next Tuesday. Can you do this with responsible reporters? Yes, the Church Committee brought it out in 1975, and then Woodward and Bernstein put an article in Rolling Stone a couple of years later. Uh, 400 journalists cooperating with the CIA, uh, including some of the biggest names in the business. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Today, March 31st, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I have a hell of a show planned. I'm going to start calling these tornado shows or, or tor tornado specials. That's better. <laughs> for those that don't know, I'm, I'm right in the midst of this, this tornado alley or whatever it's called in this area, which seems to move, but in Tennessee, which I just I can't express to you fully how much I hate that that's the case. You just, you're just helpless, right? The one, the reason I'm starting with this today is just that I'm, I just included a whole lot of stuff to talk about today. I really don't think it's got, I don't even have it in me to do another five hour show today, but my point is to kind of just have this show kind of running and I, you know, maybe we'll just run right up until the power goes out, which seems to happen almost every time. And we'll see what we get to today. We'll try and get it all done. I'm also trying to challenge myself today to see if I can include a, a lot of information with only a couple of points that I know I really want to focus on. And the rest of it, I'm going to do my best to not dive into it and give all of my extra, you know, peripheral thoughts and so on, which I, I love to do, but it's important for me to train myself to not have, to be able to set a time and not have it go further than I want it to and so on. So we're going to get into a lot today, though. I'm going to start off talking with some about some real interestingly, I'm going to start off with a couple of stories that I'm not actually going to talk about today, but I that I thought was really interesting. How many things happened in quick succession over the last couple of days? Of course, the days when I, I'm not able to get to a show for numerous reasons, the world spins out of control more than usual, of course. Trump's indicted and so on, just out of control. I'll go through a couple of those points that I think are really interestingly timed and giving you my quick little thoughts on them. But we're going to start off today with some foreign policy discussion over some quick, just uh, 
short segment to make a couple important points in regard to what's going on in Syria and so on. We're going to start off with the main part today with the the shooting discussion. A lot bigger than just the trans shooter, bigger than, you know, it's 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 really interesting to see how this is all fleshing out. And people might think they know what I'm going to get into based on the pictures that I had in the tight and and the title and so on, but but you uh you'd be surprised. We're going to have some really interesting takes today. What the one obvious one I think that is, you know, the nonpartisan take, which is interesting to see. The only other person I've seen call this out, well, I'll get to it in the show, is the interesting thing that we see the, the Second Amendment being attacked. That's not how they would see it because of a tra- the, from the right because of the trans shooter. And that's what's happening. Now, they can argue it's mental illness and so on. And I, there's all, a lot of these points I even agree with. But interestingly enough, it is still undermining something that they would argue would be absolute in the context of any other circumstance, whether it's a, you know, a white male shooter that people would argue maybe he's mentally ill, but they would absolutely deny that's not they, that Second Amendment shall not be infringed. And I agree with that. In fact, I agree with it on all these sides. Now, I'll get into the caveat we can discuss like mental illness and where that plays a factor. And it, even if you may think it does, well, let's talk about that today. But I'm going to go over all of the interesting side stories, including a a wash of just, I think, I, I, I don't, I didn't do an appropriate count, but in different states, different cities, you know, 15, 20 different calls to schools, all within days span, saying there was a shooter that wasn't there. The days leading up to this, Decensored uh, News sent a great thread that I'm going to show today talking about how there was a, a just this wave of fake active shooter calls going out in multiple states and areas all across the country. Why isn't that being talked about, which led right up to two things, one, the trans shooter, as well as the weird focus of the Andrews base being the only one that was like focused on and talked about it. And it doesn't it turns out there might not have even been a shooter. The point is, all of that's happening right up on the dovetailing off of a overwhelmingly obvious string of fake shooter calls. It's really, really interesting. Now I'm not even sure where I think that ties in. We'll we'll talk about it and you guys can come to your own conclusions. And then we're going to talk about the specific trans shooter discussion and where that, how that plays into all of this, whether or not that itself could be a government operation, whether or not that itself could be the right faking to be a trans person. All these arguments are out there, or whether these are people that are mentally ill, that are having problems because of SSRIs and because of treatments they weren't supposed to get when they were children that they were told was the right thing, or maybe just because people are being radicalized by the media for two-party politics, maybe all of it together. <laughs> you know, what's funny, though, is you'll get one of those things on certain shows, but never more than a couple of them, rarely ever all of them, except on shows like this, but I'm, we're not unique. There's a lot of other great people out there doing active nonpartisan work. And I think you need to seek those people out because in my opinion, the only honest ones out there, and I don't mean that in that they're all intentionally dishonest, but I don't see how you can operate within the two party paradigm and maintain integrity and honesty. That's my personal opinion, but we're also going to get into the censorship around all of that. Now that really fascinated me, the censorship on Twitter of people on really all sides of this conversation. And again, we'll talk about what that may mean. And then, of course, the framing of trans people showing their weapons and how that's somehow unacceptable in the face of a bunch of right-wing people doing the same because they should be allowed to, right? Except that, there's, you know, it's just really interesting how hypocr- hypocrisy seems rife in the two-party paradigm. We'll talk about the leftist storms of the capitals and so on and how that plays in. Now it's insurrection coming from the right. And it's just, you know, if... 
if you can't see the hypocrisy of people in the, the, the central right and left of these, you know, within the paradigm, as well as the pundits and the, the large influencers out there and how often they will contradict core things because it suits their agenda. I don't think you want to see it. Now, we're also going to talk about a really important story that, of course, is going to get buried in my long show today. But I hope other people will talk about it. It's I mean, it was on the Hill. It's a, it's a, a reasonably large. Uh, prominent story but i'm not seeing it anywhere other than that where apparently cdc goes to test in east palestine and they all get sick or half a little more than half get sick and i'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now that cnn jumps in and goes we don't know for sure they were vomiting and sick and stuff maybe they were just overworked i swear to god that's what cnn's arguing just maybe maybe Maybe, maybe they're right. But what's hilarious to me is that we the last thing we're going to talk about is how obviously there is a problem there. They love to play this game where it's like, well, we don't know. Yeah, your nose is bleeding, your kids are dying, and everything's going crazy, but we, we your test says you're fine, so maybe there's nothing happening. That's not how that game works. You don't get to deny all of the vaccine side effects and just simply say that we don't see it here, so therefore you must be crazy. I, I'm jumping ahead. I was going to read my tweet right there. I can't wait to read this tweet to you about what I said to the CDC. But we're also going to talk about a lot of important stuff around the vaccine, smart dust, and something called a kill switch, which we've talked about before. But it's so fascinating to me how this could potentially play a factor in the injection conversation. And of course, that's going to be called fake news right out of the gate without even thinking about it, because that can't happen. And there's been, and interestingly enough, there's already been discussions that have been kind of seeded that I don't think are true that are probably put out there to hide something like this that is actually likely. But we'll go through all this today, finishing with an important discussion about the central bank digital currency, seed, uh, you know, financial control direction as and then all of it tying together as you can see there's a lot to get into maybe we'll get halfway through maybe the power will go out tornado specials my favorite actually my worst nightmare but we'll start off today with something funny just because i thought this was just a good you know of all the serious things we get into as much as this is sort of terrible in its own right i just thought this meme was hilarious for those in the podcast it says i don't want any more help from the government i can't afford it <laughs> now you could take that a thousand different ways Maybe one, because you realize that we pay the government for, you know, taxes and everything else. And that's where the hell so-called help or just the reality that you can't afford because afford doesn't always have to be money. Right. The idea is that I don't need any more help. I can't survive it. Let's put it that way. Right. I, I don't have any more like the idea that this help almost always seems to take the form of something exactly the opposite of what you would want. Like, don't, don't let's not forget how well the solution that Trump proposed for COVID or did that. Was it bad? Oh, no, it was worse than the problem. Weird. Just like we all said it would, just like he said it wouldn't. Now you can argue up and down all day long. He didn't know and he tried, blah, blah, blah. Just, I don't really care anymore. The point is the government did this to you and that's where we are. And we need to realize their solutions are almost always worse than the problem. And then even more so realize that that was the plan. And then you can wake up to at least some part of the you know world we live in. And that may sound sad to some people and dark and scary, but the real the realization is we need to understand where we are if we ever want to make things better, right? Step one in solving any problem is acknowledging that you have one. Can't get past that without, without you know, can't get into that process without taking that first step. Now, Derek put out a, uh, well, I put out an interview with Derek today. Derek put out a recent and really important article in regard to David Lee Hamblin. And it was a, this is a, this is a vindicating report because ultimately Derek himself has, you know, I'm really one of the most trolled people that I see online. It's just, it's incredible how many people misrepresent him and it's, it's ridiculous and childish. But at the end of the day, 
one of the reasons, one of the points was that this is a fake story. You're attacking the Mormon church and, and all this stuff. And, you know, feel for, people have the right to their opinions. But what's interesting is this is now, not only has Hamblin been, char- uh, been arrested, he's been charged now with, and so the point being is there's, there's at this point, you have to acknowledge there's something going on here, especially with all the information, all the testimony from his children saying that they, he abused them. And I mean, it, it's, it's outrageous. And of course, the worst part is that he got a given a, a $100,000 bail. Anyway, you should check out the interview to realize that this is going somewhere, but it doesn't mean that he's actually going to be held accountable with what has to date happened in Utah around this kind of conversation. But at the very least, it's getting awareness. So I just wanted to point that out early. I have other important interviews and shows that I put out today that I'm just going to tie in during the show that are relevant to points we get to. Catherine Austin Fitz, we'll get to that at the end, an amazing interview with her. And uh, uh, also an article Derek put up today in regard to GMOs. We'll also get to that at the end. So first a string of these things I wanted to point out. You guys might have seen in case you didn't. Donald, Donald Trump is indicted in New York. Okay. It's just this to me is a nothing story until something happens. Now, th- well, I shouldn't say it like that. This is an important story in the sense that this is kind of a big unprecedented direction. Only because we're talking about a president or former president being like there's, there's a classic understanding that we used to point out, and this is when you realize that this, well, before I get to that, the point is that presidents pretty much have an unspoken agreement that you don't go after the former president. Left or right, doesn't really matter. And you've seen that throughout history, that there's, un, and, and then they'll even sometimes make the argument that, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's there, maybe it's not. The point is that it's about the health of our democracy and we don't want to undermine. You've, you've heard that before. Now, what's interesting is this is this is a kind of a deviation from that. But we saw that really pretty much post Trump being elected. Everything seemed to go out the winner. Does that mean he's on your side? Please don't make that assumption. That, I mean, that may be the case. That's that's at least one likely possibility when you see things shift in a direction like that. But that's not always how that works. Usually, in my opinion, when we see things like this, once we're all paying attention, it's because they realize we see through the scam. So they have to mix it up either way. Him being indicted, it being a bit an, an unprecedented step in regard to how this has happened in the past, ultimately doesn't add up to much until something actually happens past this. You can be indicted with nothing. An indictment is an accusation, you know, oversimplification, but really you don't need evidence to ha- have an indictment ultimately. At the end of the day, if he's charged with something, if we see something going further, that that becomes more important. But I do think this is politically motivated. All that aside... Yes, absolutely politically motivated. Are you? Are we really going to pretend that going after Trump for some Stormy Daniels argument is what he's actually guilty of? That, yeah, see right there, Republicans probably didn't think that was the direction I was going. The point is, how about we charge him for what happened in Yemen? How about we charge him for what happened in Syria? How about we charge Biden for what happened in Yemen? How about we charge Biden for what happened in Syria? The point is, it applies to all of them. He was the president. He allowed a lot of terrible things to happen. He's a war criminal just like the rest of them. You don't get to skip over that by pretending I didn't start any new ones or I didn't do this or that. Yeah, he did actually. But you guys don't like to. Anyway, the point is this is something that's meant to distract, I think, even if it is important and is a politically motivated action. I ultimately think this is not what it seems to be. And then one last thought would be that if this is something that goes forward with him being actually put in prison. My my feeling would be that that's the last ditch effort to get you guys to overreact and enter the vanilla ISIS MAGA trap discussion that we've been talking about. I'm hoping that you guys do something as in the, you know, the right out there to, you know, 
because you, in, in, in your mind, in some people's minds, you would feel justified because he is, um, you know, illegally imprisoned or it's a political attack. And some of those things are correct. Nonetheless, violence is not the answer, guys. And I really hope people can see that. But another one. Guess what? And I just think this is hilarious. Not because I how many times have I said this? Breaking 911, long-awaited FBI report reveals possible motive for the Vegas shooting. Here we go again. As I just said, what did I tell you? Vegas is a go-to, guys. Quick, look over there. Something that we kind of already knew. And this, this person said, old news. We knew what happened. That's I, I think we kind of might have missed that I was, that's what I was saying. Either way, right now? Really? Right when there's this shooting focal point? Oh, my God, look over there at Vegas and stuff that we... We'll just fizzle back out into nothing. What, what do you actually think is going to happen? Do you really believe the FBI just comes out and goes, okay, here. <laughs> because the reality is if they give you something, it's most likely going to be like the point about this being a possible motive. Look, this is personally upset and stressed out about treatment. He and other had how role he's perceived. Oh, okay. He was mad about losing money in Vegas. Okay. That makes sense. The point is they just catch your attention with a Vegas story and then pull you back into going fake, fake, fake. They're lying. And this is what's the, which is, which is important. I hope somebody does do that. But not to, not in lieu of everything else that's happening. Here's another one you might have seen. QAnon on Shaman, Jacob Chansley, who is, by the way, what was that one again? Oh, I forget now. What was the title of my article? Anyway, the, the discussion we just had about the, oh, that, that's what it was, was always was include this because that's just good to include for this oh whoops there we go i caught it just in time okay so this is the one that we discussed in regard to this guy right here qn on shaman photographed next to you know the the lone ukrainian screaming in russian because that all makes sense right alongside the obvious verifiable antifa members that were screaming we did it we got him <laughs> you know because the january the excuse me the or school, that's what it was. The January 6th committee just can't seem to piece those things together. Yeah, because that's what's happening. Either way, the point is, it's interesting that he also is taking a shot next to the other very clear, obvious PSYOP discussion points. Okay. Then he just gets released 14 months early. I mean, right, there are literally grandmothers and people in that kind of vein of conversation that have, haven't even gotten trials yet. Still, political prisoners that are still being held unjustly. And this guy gets out early. Now, I'm not saying that proves anything, but I find that to be very, very suspect. And why would it happen right now, all of a sudden? And of course, there's the discussion of, oh my God, a American just got taken by Russia. Well, they're accusing him of spying. Now, I'm not taking sides because I don't know. Because the reality, the, the stance to take that we demand he's, you know, that he's an American, therefore we don't care what Russia says, that's kind of naive and ridiculous. Was he spying? Well, we have to realize that they are spying all the time, both governments all the time. And if they are spying, well, they consider that a crime. To just blindly defend their actions, regardless of whether it's just illegal or whatever else, that's ridiculous. That's, that's jingoism. That's not what we should be striving for. They don't represent you anymore, so we shouldn't represent them. But the bottom line is, and by the way, that's not the, gov uh, the country, that's the government. Not the same thing. Absolutely stand for the country, don't represent the government. But as I said, I don't think this needs to, oh, and the, the article says, White House, Russian spying charges against U.S. reporter, ridiculous. My point, I don't think this needs to even be said today. I think we all know this and we don't have I oh, and I don't have any insight one way or the other. But we should really know that regardless of whether he was spying or not, this would be the U.S. government response. We all know that, right? 
So if we know that, if we know that their go-to would be to lie if he was spying, why do we pretend that their statement means anything? Seems pretty simple, right? Either way, I think it's interesting, the timing of it all. And now J- KG- KJP is pointing at the other people. Oh, and there were there other, well, they were accused of spying too. I forget their names off the top of my head. Now, the reality being is that these people, it, it's likely that they could have been spying. I don't know for sure. And we know that it happens all the time in a lot of different aspects. And if you put somebody in a position where they're doing something illegal in the other country's view, well, this can happen sometimes. Now, I, I would like to see evidence from Russia's side to be able to know what's going on. But the, with everything going on, we're going to believe that any of them say they're all lying. It's kind of how boiled this, how ridiculous this all gets. Last point on the opening points. Elon Musk says algorithm goes open source today. <laughs> what interesting timing. Except it, he says algorithm goes open source. That means all of it. I don't see a point in there where it says some or all in, in increments, except that's what happened. Twitter makes some of its source code public. <laughs> well, kind of expected that. Now, look, I'm not an expert when it comes to this stuff. Maybe that's how it had to go. I'm not saying I know, but I find it funny that it keeps going this way. Twitter files. We're going to break the whole story. Here's three pieces of it, and we're never going to come back. Right? Oh, here's screenshots. Trust us. We have source material. How? Okay. When's that happening? When the Fauci file is coming? When did every, oh, I guess we're all just going to focus on, oh, Chinese balloon. Yeah, that's how this is working. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen at some point, but really? Overall, the point was, if you read into it, they say, well, safety and security. And I can't, some of these things have to be held back because we need to make sure, well, okay. So overall, that's not what's happening. I'm not even saying it's smart to do so, right? I'm not saying that. Maybe it's dumb to release everything out in the public, but he said it would. That's not what happened. I just think that's an interesting point to make. Starting April 15th, he writes on March 27th, only verified accounts will be eligible to be in the For You recommendations. This is the only realistic way to address advanced AI bot swarms taking over. It is otherwise a hopeless losing battle. Why is it even allowed? Voting in polls will require verification for the same reason. So now we're ending up at a point where for for whatever the justification, the very people that were screaming about how, you know, personal anonymity and, and, you know, tracking and all this different stuff, all bad until he comes in with a different reason for it. And they go, oh, well, oh, of course, makes sense because you have to track for bots and got polls and you need to be verified. The same people that were, that's how this game is played. And I don't know why we can't all see that. But you may agree with it. And maybe he's right. The point is we just have to be honest about how this goes. And then he says, that said, it is okay to have verified bot accounts if they follow terms of service and don't impersonate a human. Great. So as long as these AI bots don't pretend to be a real person that's already online. They can just make up an account, follow the terms of service, and bot swarm and control the platform. That's what's happening, guys. He just literally told you that that's allowed. Why would we allow bots being presented or made? That means the government, the FBI, anybody that has access to Twitter can make massive bot. That's probably because that's always what it's been. And they just keep it going. I don't know why we all took the bait for all this. Now, one last thing that I'm not going to get into today that I do think is important is the the TikTok ban or whatever the ridiculous... I've already spoken on this kind of off the cuff a couple of times, both on my show as well as a, a couple of interviews. But the point is, that, and I'll, I'll include this video for you guys to watch. Basically, it's just it's just a kind of a funny video. He breaks down, he's like screaming about it. But he, he does basically cover the reality. The point is, it's not about TikTok, guys. Of course, using bad guy China, and Republicans are taking the bait. They're using the TikTok ban bill to essentially create a situation where they can do everything they're already trying to do they can essentially deem foreign adversaries based on based on these the the metrics within this discussion point 
Now I had the bill. We can go over and break it all down. The, the, the link, I believe was in here the sound sound away promotions i had another one up i don't think it posted i will go over this i plan to go through this in general because it is very important what's happening it's, it is yet another shell game where they pretend it's about tiktok and really it's just the they say like tiktok that was the one time i showed it on my show and ultimately it creates a, a, a situation where they can just do what they want based on the idea that they're protecting you from foreign bad guys it sound familiar here we go all over again but this time it's okay because it's happening you know, however, justification, hypocrisy, the government is doing this to you. The government is doing this to you, not one or the other, the government, all of them. That's how that works. Now, foreign policy, I think it's important for us to understand that the chief allies of the United States are the worst of the worst that are out there today, guys. And they're openly doing so and openly sprinting in the direction of a technocratic panopticon and openly stepping on people's rights and stifling things that they swear are sacred and just don't care as long as they do it, but they point at everybody else if it happens even a fraction of the time. Well, as Rage Against the Vaccine points out, this bill under Netanyahu's government just went through three out of three passes in the Israeli parliament, and now it's an official bill. And this is a bill in regard to, guess what? Cash and the technocratic future. Bit by bit, our privacy is taken from us, including the laws reducing and then banning the use of cash. But this is ultimately about tracking surveillance, your personal information. It's this. It, it's all sprinting in that direction. Now, speaking of Israel, let's not forget that while they're taking those freedoms away of the people that they pretend to support, we also have them openly bombing. And, you know, well, I should have actually read what I wrote because that's the best part about these tweets, which I do whenever I can when it makes sense. Breaking news, Russia illegally bombs the densely civilian populated Ukrainian capital of Kiev in the middle of the night, committing a blatant war crime. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's actually Israel illegally bombing Syria's capital of Damascus. So you can ignore it. <laughs> Hashtag rules based international order. I mean, you, I, I know and I hope to some degree that there are people who actually take the like, somebody out there who thinks that everything is Russia bad guy who takes and reads this and goes, oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe it. And then reads the second line and goes, oh, I don't care. And then walks away not realizing how dumb that is. I, I guarantee that's happening. The point is, Israel has bombed is Syria without any declaration of war in a civilian populated area with no legal justification to do so twice, two nights in a row. And nobody cares in the corporate media or the U.S. government, right? Because they're disgusting criminal hypocrites, period. Here is an article that just went up today. The U.S. government admits sanctions impact aid reaching Syria, embarrassing mainstream media. This is not a joke. It's not some backward, you know, altered perspective, like bending their words like they do about every other adversary they have. This is exactly what they did during the earthquake. We saw the discussion where people said, well, you got to move the sanctions. People are dying and they quibbled about it. And it gave about a little about a week later. They said, OK, OK, we'll, we'll pause sanctions for six months. Well there, well, there you go. Why would they do that if it wasn't affecting anything? Because they are. And of course, the point was the media when in that week period was went out of their way to argue that sanctions don't stop anything. You're a lying crypt conspiracy theory. And then they look like the idiots they are when the, they say, OK, fine, it does. And we'll pull back. Despite the fact that it takes a child. And it's on the surface of the conversation. It's in their own documentation. It's just like the COVID-19 conversation. These people simply regurgitate what they're told. The data is there. Sanctions, 100%, and in fact, are designed to stop food, aid, and everything else they need. That's the whole point. The reality is that this has been going on in Syria, in Yemen, and many other places the U.S. government are actively occupying illegally, you know, for freedom. It's disgusting. 
And don't forget that Joe Biden literally just bombed Syria for the second time in his administration, calling it self-defense. In fact, but we're remember, we're talking about something they blame, they claimed was Iran, but then bombed Syria. Because, oh, well, Iran-backed people. Okay, but wait a minute. You're also illegally occupying Syria. You also don't have a congressional declaration of war. None of that matters, though, because freedom, right? Oh, and by the way, here's the picture of the U.S., you know, defending the oil pumps and burning wheat fields, because that's about freedom. These people are disgusting, and it's on the surface of the conversation. And then ask yourself why it's happening from different, right in the same week period, with different arguments that what ultimately happened, all narrative aside, you've got Israel and the U.S. both bombing Syria. Wake up and realize what's actually happening and realize that they're all illegally occupying the Golan Heights, Iraq, and everywhere else they're involved in, guys. And then while that's happening, get this. This is the most insulting part of all of it. Here is Blinken. I'll just play for, I'll just, I'll just let you hear what he said and actually realize that these people, like, I don't know whether this person is stupid enough to not realize that he's saying something that is so blatantly in, in, it's just the exact opposite of the reality, or he just is such a bad person. He doesn't care. I don't see how it could be anything other than that. So growing more closed, more insecure, more siloed by the day, more countries are putting up firewalls and shutting down access using the internet to try to control speech, quash dissent, spread misinformation, and disinformation. Oh, no. Did you hear that? Governments, more countries, are using the internet to control speech, <gasps> squash dissent, and spread misinformation? Oh, my God. Well, the U.S. better do something about that, right? Oh, but wait a minute. They're the ones doing that. Like, I just, I just can't get past how... Like, do these people not realize? Like, I really wonder whether people like Blinken are aware of how ridiculous that is. My point was, yes, he's right. And chiefly among them, the rogue U.S. government. The world has long seen this. We need to understand that. Whether as American, you know that or not. And it's quintessentially American to, to, or, to recognize what your government is. The difference today is that the U.S. population is also seeing this, and the world has been pointing it out for a long time. And of course, just to make this even more clear, here he is meeting Bill Gates. Great meeting yesterday with Bill. Why is Bill Gates meeting the Secretary of Defense? Why does that make sense? This is a non-scientist, non-doctor who's been failing at things for a long time. GMOs, I mean, injections. Here we are. And now, great meeting him to discuss how we can continue to work with the Gates Foundation to tackle some of the most pressing global health issues. Why? Because money? Why are the people that keep getting... like why, are the, why is the group that failed catastrophically with genetically modified organisms for food, are, why are we then allowing them to work with genetically modified injections? And then some of the most pressing global issues. And why does that make sense? It's the equivalent of Neil Ferguson. Let's keep letting him fail just the right way for the government. And Bill Gates wrote, thank you, Senator Secretary Blinken. I look forward to continuing our work together, improving health, reducing poverty, and promoting global, glo global growth. All, it's literally the opposite of everything he just said is what they're doing. It's kind of mind-blowing. And just, just want more, one more example of how the international community absolutely toes the line for the egregiously illegal and lawlessly, rampantly lawless U.S. government. Check out this Chinese journalist putting to task the U.N., when they blatantly lie about what's going on in Syria. I mean, how do you explain this? Other than they know they're not allowed to say the truth.
I mean, you must. He knows he's wrong, and he gets caught. To urge everybody to respect the sovereignty and territory integrity of Syria. Uh, well, of course, uh, that that's a that's a given. But do you and, think uh, the presence of the U.S. military in Syria is is illegal or not? There's no U.S. armed forces inside of Syria. Five U.S. service members uh, were injured in that attack. If there's no, there were no U.S. soldier service members in Syria, how could they got injured? Uh, that's weird, right? Should I ask yeah. you about that? Wow. Now that was obviously quickly edited, but I saw the full thing. I mean, that's pathetic. So you're just gonna let it ride? Yeah. Okay. Next question. So these people know that they're being dishonest, like at some level. That guy knows he's lying or obfuscating the truth, rather. He knows that. So why? What's your motivation? Do you believe it's for a greater good? Does it matter? It's kind of crazy. Now, to talk about the, the shooting conversation, which really does play, I mean, just the overlap, the dishonesty of the way they will execute these agendas needs to be obvious. And even taking the CIA clip in the beginning, right? That, that this is part of it. Division, manipulation, perception, control. That's what they do. And this if, is not, if nothing, if not that. Now, I want to start with decensored news is thread. Now, I'm not going to go through every part of it. You guys can read. There's a whole bunch in here. But the main point of it was dozens of schools targeted on this on the 30th. He wrote this on the 30th with targeted within a few days as wave of fake active shooter calls continues across the United States. Now, what I just want to make the quick point of the if I just showed this and just show decensored.news. The average person who wants to not believe this would go, that's probably fake. And that what, what do you say? I don't know that website and refuse to look further. We all know it. It happens on the left and the right. In some cases on both sides, they attack you for asking for source material. It's like, it's just, it's like, we're, we're like creating our own ignorance. It's, it's ridiculous. The point I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because this is an excellent thread that goes through and ties it to corporate news outlets and discussions. Now, my point is why, if it is in these corporate news outlets, on the day, like days leading up to this, why wouldn't that have been discussed around either the trans shooter, or rather, uh, excuse me, the the um, the um, Andrews-based shooter? Um, here, no, that's the wrong one. Where is that? Oh, I'll come back to it. I don't know where I left that off, but the point was that. Oh, that's right. I moved, I used my tweet. Actually, I'll come back to it. But the you know, oh, there's right there. Active shooter at the joint base Andrews in camp, in Camp Springs, as the base is on lockdown. We'll come back to that. But the point is, that why would this on the 30th, why would they be not, like, okay, they talk about it, they talk about it, and then it ends with the, with the point where it doesn't seem like they found anybody. And now it seems like there are people going, well, we don't even sure what actually happened. Okay, was it one of these active shooters, the, the, com, the conversations, and why was that the only one focused on, and why wasn't this then brought into conversation? Three days ago, Americans were inundated with reports of school shootings at the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. A school... A story which has dominated the news cycle ever since. Inflaming debates surrounding gun control, mental health, LGBTQ movements, and other hot-button issues. You can see right here. This was the, you know, many different discussions. But as the national news media keeps the country fixated on this event, another related storyline is playing out just below the radar of most news consumers. A huge wave of hoax emergency calls. Now, people that are already primed to push back on any argument that something's fake, this is literally a hoax of a... That's what the, they were fake calls. And that's what the corporate media covered it as. Hoax emergency calls alleging a non-existent shooting was taking place, often eliciting lockdowns, evacuations, SWAT teams, and so on. Mass panic. 
The, la the latest chapter in this underreported saga has played out over the past few days, as dozens of schools in multiple states have been the target of such calls. Now, we have to ask whether this is there's an agenda here. And that doesn't have to be a government thing. I do believe that's part of it. But there could these there are people right now that believe they need to fake or lie about everything that they do think is happening because otherwise people won't pay attention. Right? This is the argument about either a right person dressing up as a trans and shooting or so on, or a left person dressing up as a MAGA person and executing X, Y, and Z. That I guarantee is playing a factor. We saw it on January 6th. But is that what's happening here? I don't know. But what's interesting about it is that these things aren't, you know, they're disregarded by every side, it seems, which is really telling. But it says, let's take a, a look at what's happened this week. And here the, here's the one of the reports. You can look this up for yourself. Unfounded swatting calls. This is NBC. Calls send Cranston East, other schools into lockdown. Rhode Island State Police, just Rhode Island alone, had at least 14 fake shooter calls. 14. This is on the 27th. Right. So here on the on the 28th, we have this shooter. Right. So what's interesting. Oh, no, this one was the uh, excuse me. What was the day again? Let me see. Let's see. It's, it's funny. Just on a quick point, by the way. Was it the 27th? Is that correct? I just blanking on the day. You know, the, I, like you guys know I was dealing with some personal stuff the last couple of days. It does look like it was the 27th, correct? Let me know in the chat just so I don't get it wrong. That's not really the main focal point. What's interesting, though, while somebody says in the chat, let me know if that's the correct date, is if you look this up and just type in trans shooter, which is obviously what it was, right? The way that they could tort and bend in, in mental gymnastics to not say that word is when in every other context, you're like they insert it everywhere they can and you're forced to say it. If you don't even say it right, you're a crazy, bigoted person. But at this point, they just won't say it. Like, isn't that just the most obvious thing in the world? Doesn't anybody know? Can somebody in the chat tell me if the 27th was the correct date? Please let me know. Now, the, the interesting thing is that, like, for here's the one I was just looking at, which is just kind of police chief tells NBC News a sense of resentment may have fueled Nashville shooter attack. Oh, that was, it was this one here, I think. Nashville school shooter's identity may make an exceptionally rare perpetrator. <laughs> Real Okay, that's how you're going to go with it. It's a one-off. Don't don't pay attention. And it's rare. We won't even say what it is, though. Look it up. Okay, well, I guess nobody in the chat knows, so we'll just go with the... <laughs> I'm just going to look at it real quick. I'm going to take a pause here. Let's see. ninth On Monday. Yeah. Okay, good. So that me, yeah, just making sure I'm not wrong. 27th. Okay. I don't need you guys. I got it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So um, here we are back to the point. Now, the point being that if on the 27th, you have the same time frame, right? You've got all this wash of fake calls. How do you not, how does that not play a factor in the conversation? How does that not come up? The next day, afterward, I don't see anybody talking about this other than people like Decentered News and the, and the local reports, right? So the, 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 one of the main questions we need to ask, oh, I know, I'm just kidding. For those in the chat, I'm sorry. Just, I know there's a delay. Um, the, the, the point, though, is that this, it's interesting that this can be happening simultaneously and no one brings it up. But there's a lot of, very, I'm not going to get into it today. 
just because it's not the fo- the focal point on what I'm trying to get into today. But there are, I mean, as I've always said, no matter what, you should never shy away from asking questions about the way these things go down. Is it fake? Did the government lie about it? Did they fake the entire thing? Was the entire thing a hoax? Oh, God, you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, you are, actually. It's called free speech. Now, right as, as I see it so far, based on what I've seen, there are some really very, very strange things. I see, I've seen the common ones going around, the shoe differences and so on, which I don't know how to explain that. Now, it doesn't mean you know, that, that that's the way it happens. There's a lot of times you end up finding stories where people conclude something that looks obvious and it turns out to be different. But something about this is off. They re- and there's a lot of reasons to get into that. So all I'm saying on that note, and I'll probably follow up on this, is that there's a lot of weird miss like people that were there from previous events and so on it's completely almost impossible right my point is you should always be able to ask that and nobody should be censoring anybody or shouting you down questions are questions but those that are saying that is what happened without proving that or having the evidence well that's just as dumb as the corporate media right but overall with this kind of thing where you have this string of fake calls on the same day doesn't that matter? Yeah, it really does. And it makes you wonder whether there was some kind of an executed agenda, right? Now, I'm going to get into more of that when we get into the part about the trans person, like one of the points I want people to ask. Could that not have been a government agent in general? And then you get both sides attacking, where the left attacks you for being a racist and the right attacks you for, for supporting trans. And the point was, it, it couldn't. maybe it was just a CIA agent. Like, why that's not one of the possibilities for people? I'm not saying that's the case. I don't know. But we should ask it, shouldn't we? To, some, to the average normie, that's the stupidest, craziest thing ever, despite them literally being on the record doing things just like that throughout history. But, you know, fake news. Now, going forward, the first call reportedly came in at 8.45 a.m., which, if media accounts are to be believed, was just over an hour before Audrey Hale arrived at the Covenant School in Nashville. Well, that's pretty telling. ABC News has Hale put it, pulled into the parking lot 9.53 a.m. So what does that mean? When we have a string all over the country of these different calls and different things, how does that happen at the same time? Just a coincidence? I don't believe in coincidences, especially not today. Certainly possible. My point in being that is just that, you know, that's not my, my inclination is not to be okay going just coincidence. Now, if I don't know, I can leave it there, but I will look further no matter what, because it's usually not in my experience. Now, it says, but Wednesday wasn't where it ended, right? This continues. A short time later, Charlestown police received a call at their non-emergency line saying there was a shooter in Cherry Ho High School. And it turned out there was no threat. I mean, and the point is, you can read through this. It goes on and on. There's a lot of great information here. It's a great threat. Now, in the interest of time, this one, you know, at least 28 Massachusetts schools targeted with hoax shooting calls. Like, I'm not down. I'm not overplaying this. This is crazy. March 28th, the next, it's all over the country. So what does that mean? It's a good question. Oh, I think the one, oh, this, the one thing I wanted to point out, I'm glad I didn't forget that. There's just so much information here. I couldn't, if I went through it, it would take up the entire show. But here, here he, he writes down the timings on this and it goes even before. <clears throat> you can see October from the, from bef- the year before coming into December or into January, February, March, up until the 29th. Look at how many different calls there are. Like each one, the numbers plus after them. Look at this. Just Let's just take the focal point of March forward. On the 2nd, 7 of them. March 21st, 5. March 21st, the, there's 30 in Iowa. Fakes, active shooter calls. In Rhode Island, 14 on the 27th. Missouri, there was 9. Massachusetts, 28. On the 29th, Pennsylvania, there was up to 24. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Now, all that being said, 
of course, the other point was the next on on the um, the thirtieth. Then we have the Andrews point, and you can see that there were other there. Well, I just showed you there were other active calls going out that were teams that turned out to be fakes. So why wouldn't they ask this? Why would this be focused on? I thought that was interesting. Now, anti-transgender sentiment follows the Nashville shooting. Is how they report this. So, why is that so? Like, so what? What's the usual sentiment after? You know, during the during the the war on terror focus, when there was a Muslim shooter, what happened then? All right, did we all consider how they had a hard time and and ask maybe it was the foreign policy of the government murdering their family and why that was difficult for them? And you know, we don't want to attack Muslims because they. Oh, no, not at all. In fact, it went the exact opposite, where they was aggressively anti-Muslim from basically every angle. Now, even the left, mind you, who tried to take the role at the time of, you know, how that was insensitive. Well, they did the same. Look at the foreign policy. They all vote to do it. It's ridiculous to act like negative sentiment after a shooter, whether it's a white person, a black person, a woman. I mean, that's what happens. People then go, that's a problem. We talk about people overcompensate. It's crazy how hypocritical this coverage is from the corporate media. What they're now trying to do is roll this into the next thing, where now people that are anti, well, it's not anti, well, yes, there are anti-transgender people, and I'm going to point them out in this discussion, who are whitewashing every single trans person as crazy, every single trans person as a, a violent shooter, and that's also ridiculous, all right? That's that's the point. See, that's why then all of a sudden, now the right's not on my side. <laughs> yeah, I, I love thinking about people watching and like on a knife's edge going, oh, this guy knows, oh, now he's not, now he's a lefter. <laughs> it's just funny because it's just objective. We have to realize that there are transgender people who, you know, you could argue that every transgender person out there has a mental problem. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think people just have their own, you know, this has been a thing that's existed as long as you want to look back. Now, yes, it's wildly over-politicized, and it's a huge problem for me because children are being wrapped into some pop culture push nonsense that makes them think they can just decide to be a woman next tomorrow, and that's not how this works. Now, again, whether or not you think it's a mental thing or some kind of different thing in the brain, that's up to you to decide. And maybe you're right. So the point, though, is that if a transgender person is, let's just say, having a mental problem. Well, there's a, I mean, more, I mean, the vast majority of this country would right now qualify as having a mental issue, having SSRIs or different medications or antipsychotics. Okay, well, where do you draw the line then? Do you just argue this broadly are all crazy? Well, see, that's where this is where it gets ridiculous because the right who would argue in this case that the Second Amendment shall not be infringed and so on are at least some of them are making arguments so far over the top that now every transgender is crazy and none of them should own guns. And and you can see where this goes. And as always, the two party paradigm drives you generally in the same direction from both sides, from different arguments. Now here is what Maj Tour, I believe that's how you say it, who I'm trying to get on for an interview, is one of the only people out here that I see <clears throat> making logical, consistent, objective, nonpartisan arguments. <clears throat> Excuse me. That doesn't mean I agree with everything he says. I don't agree with pretty much anybody out there entirely. But we have to see what a logical take this is. Because, I mean, I'm not saying that just because this is my, my take as well. It's because this, regardless of your standing, this is logical. He says, well, a lot of supposed Second Amendment folks seem to be advocating, and they are, I'll show you at least a couple examples, for trans folks to not have the right to keep and bear arms. Y'all sound like anti-gun liberals. And he's laughing. And I, I mean, I agree. Because it's kind of stupid to make that argument. Now, again, my point was, even if you do think that there's just a mental problem, well, what, you know, you don't, they're the same people that would argue that somebody who has a different kind of mental issue, who is existing in society, like a trans person would, shouldn't have their rights taken away. 
So it's either what you can't have. It's it's hypocrisy. Now, that's why I argue things like this happen to push people into that heart, like the free speech argument, right? To drive you or at least drive it to where it looks like you're defending things that you don't want to defend. And then they use that against you, right? The only way to maintain this kind of thing is just to take a hard stance. And yes, people will take you out of context. Yes, people will attack you. But you have your integrity, and that's really what matters. As Analog Empire points out, that Nashville thing smells really bad. Looks like a drill. Suspect wore different shoes downstairs and upstairs. I mean, these are my balls, what I was saying before. And I do, there's a lot. I mean, it, this scene, if this is a, uh, you know, a, let's just say, what, it, what if, if I was going to guess into some of the hypotheticals, it would be more like most likely a staged event, not like a complete fake, right? And that's certainly possible. That has happened in the past. This would be one of the most obvious ones I've seen for that re- for these reasons. Now, the only reason I say that is because some of these things are so blatantly odd and no one seems to address them. Like, it, like it seems like the kind of way where the media will now ignore a very blatantly confused, like somebody dies after, like 10 seconds after getting the injection from myocarditis. And instead of going, well, could it be the injection? They just grasp into the most inane random things because they just don't want to point at that. So it feels the same way. Like, whether or not this was fake or staged, why wouldn't you go, well, that's weird. Look at that shoe. Those shoes look different because they don't want to do that because that's not their job, to be honest. But my point in saying is, I don't know. I don't know. I can't prove one or the other, so I'm not going to say that. But it's pretty telling the weird things we're seeing. Now, back to the point. He also writes, I wish so-called conservatives calling all trans folks potential mass shooters went this hard against the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Fed, the pharma industry, the rapists in your churches. God, this guy is I, I, this guy is not afraid to put it. I, I like this guy. Now, I, I, it's important to challenge people's ideas everywhere you can. Oh, the last part, he says, but the low-hanging fruit, too easy and delicious to pass up. Exactly. They're just taking the bait. That's so obvious to me. Now, it is more than just the, the list he points out. How about we, all these people out there well, from the other side? How about trans people, which we'll get to also, chanting and screaming about human rights trans rights are human rights no no they're human rights are human rights and we all have them you too but what about all the people overseas that your government are murdering in the name of freedom right we you care about arguments about trans kids being murdered by not having treatment despite the fact that many of them are shown to not actually be trans until that gets driven into their mind by teachers and so on or striptease what are they called story time readings you know, look, I have no problem with people of any kind reading a book in a normal setting to a child. And, oh, any kind, that's not the right way to say that, but you know what I mean. Like, the, any, regardless of your, what's the right way to say it? Now, obviously, the point would be that we, people, you know, criminals, pedophiles, things like that should never come within a mile or a hundred miles of anybody, as far as I'm concerned, in regard to pedophiles. But if a person is, let's just say, a trans person. And it is one of many people who want to read a book to show. I don't see a problem with that. And then neither do a lot of the um, legislation coming out from the Republicans and so on. It is about this sexualization, the over-sexual or just at all sexualization of children. They can't be dressed in, in strip drag clothes. They can't be dancing, <coughs> excuse me, gyrating around. That's obviously inappropriate, right? But I would even go, I would go again to the point and those that would jump in and say, that just a trans person's inappropriate. Now, I didn't necessarily say a trans person dressed up like you would picture them in these things. And he's just a person dressed normally. It was a trans person. I don't know why anybody would have a problem with that unless they are, in fact, anti-trans. And many people are. And you know what? You have a right to be. It's free. That is your right. 
It's just such an interestingly obvious hypocritical situation, which is like any other situation where you get people on the right and the left who are, you know, like, for instance, the left would act like they want solidarity and freedom, but a lot of them are just aggressively anti-male, anti-white, anti-a lot of these things. And on the right, same thing. You could say, oh, we want freedom and we want a democracy, but a lot of them are aggressively anti-Muslim and aggressively anti-gay, and they just don't say that on the surface. But I don't believe that's the majority of any of these sides. I really don't. I believe that's how we're being played. Now, Meredith says it's a psyop that they fall hard for. Hippie culture, and this is really interesting, was created. And I agree. We've talked about Laurel Canyon. Check out the website. We've written a lot about that in the past. Hippie culture was created to make conservatives pro-war. Now, whether you think it was created or used, how we, that's a true statement. That we, I, I can personally prove to you that this, the culture was hijacked and drove that exact one of many different agendas, one of being the conservatives were, you know, basically pushing back against them because they were anti-war and they, the hippies are terrible. You see how easy this works and people fall for it. They know how you think, especially today with all the data mining, but it says conservatives are being groomed for the violent backlash towards groups currently being exploited. They think everything is far left right now, but it's a front. Now the same point in reverse. Everything is far right from the left perspective, right? It's I've never seen it this obvious. Well, shoot, I'd be seen to say that every day. Everything right now seems blatant. But these are good points. Now, he one last thing he says, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to you who disagree with this tweet about schools who allow teachers to carry being safer, here's the data. Now, you can read this for yourself. I don't think it's that hard to grasp. This stems from a... I'll show you in a minute, this screaming match between Massey and some other representative. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the point is, it's an obvious reality. And the data does back it up. Now, you could, the, 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 well, I'll, I'll save this other point, that more guns mean more death or whatever they're screaming. That's also not true. But at the end of the day, you can prove that the schools that allow trained staff to carry have less, I mean, less or if any shootings. I mean, that's just a blatant reality. Now, to point at some general consensus, and we'll look at the states that have more guns, have more this or whatever. Well, you could argue that, but how does that pertain? You can't deny the reality that this is the case. Now, you could, I would even be the first to say, well, maybe there's another reason for it, but you have to acknowledge that that makes sense and then see that, oh, at the very least, realize as well that if a a person is going to go in to try to attack something, they're going to probably consider whether there might be guns in there, right? I mean, this is just such a basic reality. And then his point was, oh, I just clicked it. Okay, same thing. Now, here's the thing I was just talking about. Now, we've seen this. You probably saw it circulating. Uh, This is the Calvin Coolidge project that's discussing, uh, and this is Massey speaking with Representative Jamal Bowman. And it says, watch Thomas Massey propose arming teachers instead of Representative Jamal Bowman starting a shouting match. What's interesting, I'm not sure if he's implying that. The bottom line is this guy was standing in the hallway screaming at anybody that would listen to him. Now, I want to make a real important point about all this. Now, I will point out that Massey did the same thing. Right? I, I like Massey says a lot of things I agree with. But at the same time, he made a point to stop and engage with the guy who was making a big show. Right? Maybe it's because he wanted to sh- prove him wrong or maybe because he also wanted his moment. And maybe you could argue it's for a good reason. Doesn't mean it's always dishonest, but at the end of the day, it's all it's just all a big show. He stopped because he wanted his his video as well. And they both put it out with their own statements and so on. Okay. So Thomas Massey says he wanted to discuss solutions to school shootings. And he not really. He was just yelling, yelling, yelling. And then Massey just kind of jumped up to him. 
which by the way, I agree with because he needed to be shut up the way he was acting. In my opinion, I think so because what he's doing to make this clear, this is why you get the community on the, in this case, the left, but it happens on the right the same way because of right representatives doing the same thing. That the way that they're acting today is because of people like this. Now on the left in particular, you have this momentum where it's, well, we have to do something now because children are dying right? We're all climate change is going to kill us all. And if we don't do something today, we're all going to die. Well, that's, that's not the way to, you can't have a valid and constructive discussion with somebody who is an absolutist in the sense of this kind of thing, right? Well, like, well, I'll just make the, make that point with, let's say free speech, right? How are you going to have a conversation with me about limits of free speech when I'm an absolute free speech absolutist? Think about that for a second. I'm not going to listen to you because you're wrong. My opinion, there is no line to be drawn. So you can sit there and scream at me all day. That's the point here. So these people have created that non-line. They are saying there is no conversation that people, kids are dying. Well, it's just not, I mean, the the argument, the way that they're framing it is irrational. There is a discussion to be had. That's a terrible story. Yes, it is a sad thing that happened and we need to talk about it. But let's talk about the story entirely, not just what works politically for you. What about the discussion of the medications these people were on? Like, we're going to come back to that in a second. Like the, the very important reality about how frequently this is a factor, you know, that decades of evidence that antidepressants, SSRIs, do in fact cause mass shootings, right? Or, or what about, where were we? What about the conversation of, of, I mean, there's a thousand ways you could get into this, but to focus it on one and make it about if you disagree, you're the devil, the enemy, you're, you're murdering kids, right? If you don't believe us, you're killing trans. Like that's how this has gotten to. Right now, if you don't believe their exact narrative on climate change, you're literally killing people. Janet Yellen just literally said that it is a existential threat. Climate change. Like they're framing this as the war on terror that you you're either with us or against us. Guys, this is how the government works. They lie to you. They pitch you against each other. Okay, so the point is, I'm going to play the video for you. He's screaming and Massey steps in. But watch how irrational this conversation is. And that's an because of the one person, Massey doesn't step in screaming, but this is why you see them acting this way. You watch these people that are, remember when it started with shaking screws and cans and making noise and we won't allow you to speak. That's not rational. There's no engagement there. That is, we know what we know and you're wrong no matter what. Aren't these the people screaming for democracy? Right? It's stupid. It's, it's inherently contradictory. He makes the point that is correct. In a school that allows teachers to carry, there's less gun violence. It's a fact, and it's easy to prove. But this guy who is so upset about this, he wants to show his outrage because that's that's how you show that you're more important today, right? I'm more victimized than you, and I can scream about it, so I have more importance. So if you wanted to actually solve this, you could have a conversation. But in his mind, Massey's an idiot. It's wrong. He's never, that, that's, there is no conversation there. Why do we pretend this makes sense? Because, well, the people that agree with him are outraged along with him. And they've also been convinced that anybody on the right is allowing trans to kill. They hate trans. Do you see a solving from this? Do you see a way out of this? If you allow these people to continue running the country, this is how it's going to continue to go. Because they don't care about you. His point, though, is that he's just going to scream and yell about how that's not true. How do you engage? More guns lead to more death. More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. You're, you're-
How does he know that? And yeah, he is, in fact. The point is the data that he just pointed, that he just, that is a data point that he proved, as we just pointed before, there's plenty of research around that exact idea. What he's talking about is his one point, that he's saying that more guns equal more violence. Well, that's a really broad point. You know, maybe speak to the U.S. military about that overseas, but no, we don't care about that. But realize that even that is, in fact, not accurate. But it's just a broad statement that they think makes sense, and so we get to yell it. You're carrying the water for the gun lobby. Look at the data. More guns lead to more deaths. For the kids. States that have open carry laws have more deaths. In every school that... Right, but see, there's a lot of factors involved with that kind of a statement, right? It's not... There's so many... Like, for instance, the example of how the national data ends up sweeping in things from Chicago and Baltimore when they want to, and that doesn't get stated, and then we talk about shootings you know, children and so on. Well, oh, well, look at how, how crazy these numbers are. Well, yes, I mean, that's not to diminish the, fa- the fact that it's happening in those areas, but why do they not make a big deal on the news when every single day, multiple times a day, we have shootings happening in Baltimore and, and Chicago and everywhere else? Well, they don't care then, but of course they love to hype the numbers at the end of the year to make it seem like the school shootings they use politically are more important. Like no one's downplaying that things like this are sad and are and are are important to discuss. But the way that it becomes this ongoing political drama, that's disgusting. They are using dead children for their agenda, not the other way around. Like to question it is simply you're right. They can feel like and act like that's offensive. But to hide, to continually use the child and the sadness to push your agenda, that's just disgusting. That is a bad human being. Right, right. See, exactly. <laughs> Clearly, he's saying there has never been a shooting at a school that allows armed teachers. How do you push back against that? Calm down. That, that's a, what? Calm down. Children are dying. I know. See my point? What do you mean, calm down? Okay. And that is what everybody else does who follows this kind of idea. And that leads to irrational, violent action. Now, look, the same thing can be made. The same argument can be made from things the right do. Does. The point in this case is we're focusing on this one story. But the government, guys, does this to everybody. They drive irrational action. They radicalize. The media, more specifically, radicalize people every day. And they point at us who are just trying to be objective and break down the information as the ones radicalizing everybody. Because that's all they got. Which is meaningless to the point. Have you ever worked in the school? Have you ever worked in the school? It's a yes or no every, question. Have you ever worked, worked in the, the school? school? You will not answer you? my question. Don't stop and talk You're to me. Okay, I'll bring it down a notch. All right. Have you ever worked in the school? Here's him bringing it down a notch. I have worked in the school for 20 years. Show some decorum here, man. I mean, look, he walked up to talk to cameras and the guy literally jumped in front of him. Now, of course, what's going to happen is the people listening who agree with him, what do you mean decorum? Children are dying. You get the point. Right. I mean, the obvious point, though, as somebody's making in the chat, right? I mean, Every single one, these, these things can almost consistently happen in gun-free zones. Why doesn't that matter? How did that work out? Oh, because criminals don't follow the law. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. This just, it's, it's, it's an, an ongoing game that gets played. Now, I don't know whether that guy knows. I would argue he has no idea. 
He is worked up just the way he's been trained. Oh, and this was just the, oh, that's right. I want to show this point. But let's be clear. This again, I, it's always important to make that point that it's not just the left, right? All Everybody in these positions, they've all been trained exactly the way they're supposed to, and they maybe not even realize it. Here is, be afraid, going more guns lead to more death is wrong, period. I mean, again, it's not hard to see. The information is false. But, and then this person says wrong and shows this over ridiculous graph that's wrong. Oh, I, I didn't, uh, hold on. Oh, where was that? I had, there was a response to that I wanted to point. I already made the point. How did I lose that? The point was simply the same thing. This, these graphs are, are aggressively misrepresented based on the, folding in a lot of different information that doesn't really apply to school shootings. I, I, this is, that graph's been, the bottom line is people are politically motivated to make this what they want. And that's disgusting. Oh, look, and of course, Look at how gross this is. This is their version of it. Look who this is. Yeah. Uh, an American who, with the Second Amendment, with his family, who have a right to own guns. Like, the fact that these people are using the very point of their rights to make them out to be a bad guy proves that they are literally attacking the Constitution. Because to them, it's disgusting. Like, they want to remove the Second Amendment. Like, remember, even right now, they pretend like that's kind of not the case because they know how crazy that really is when it comes to head. Well, oh, well then you're literally violating your oath. <laughs> Except they don't. Oh, no, I love the Second Amendment. We get limits and stuff like free speech. No, that's also stupid. There is no limit. To free speech. It's the same thing, guys. You don't get to the, the government has all long since ignored. Your inherent God given rights. Now, I made a really, I, mean, I, I discussed this with Richie Allen the other day, who I believe we have different opinions on this, but the point is the same, that it comes down to your right to, to defend yourself. Now, I'm not talking about you, you, the well, well-regulated militia, regardless of how ridiculous you may think it is, and how ridiculous it is, in fact, to realize that a, the weapons d- the gap between you and the government is absurd. You can't win. Nonetheless, it is still, in fact, in the Constitution. So until that gets removed, which it shouldn't because that's shall not be infringed, the point is that it's still there. And yet these people don't care about that, just like they don't care about your free speech, just like they don't care about anything else when it runs afoul of their agenda. I don't know how that's any even remotely unclear. Now, here is an interesting addition to this is the censorship on Twitter around all of this. Now, Tom Fitton points out there seems to be a mass and it was, it's, and it seems to be going still, mass Twitter censorship and punishment of users specifically criticizing transgender extremism and violence. Now, to be clear, anybody, whether it's transgender or anything else, who's coming out and was attacking the anybody, you know, the trans community as all crazy extreme. My first of all, you have a right to say it. That's free speech. But let's not forget, you don't have free speech on Twitter. Elon Musk has made that clear. There's limits, right? Now, you can agree or disagree. That's just simply what it is. It's not free speech if there's limits, right? Okay. So there are things that you can't do and say. So that point being, I'm not saying I agree with it. The point being is that if somebody comes out, I mean, I personally would disagree with it. I think it's disgusting, but they have a right to do it because that's free speech. But people come out and say, all transgender people are crazy extremist terrorists. Well, that's probably going to get censored on Twitter. But what I think is interesting is that the right is coming out and saying, well, wait a minute. That's not, how's that happening? Well, because you don't have free speech on Twitter, guys. But what's also what 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 on top of that is important. My point, the reason I'm saying that is because there are. I'll show you examples of people that are being ridiculous. 
broad whitewashing, just absurd from all sides. But there's also people that get caught up in this that weren't doing that. People that were just simply going, these people, are, look, look at this example. Like for the images, that's why I chose those images today. I think it was five times August. I'll show you them, share these. And these are real people. One of the, the one holding gun calling for killing people, that account has been censored. Okay, so that means that the, the Twitter took them down because they were threatening violence. That's the way that's supposed to work as far as the censorship on and the limits to free speech go on this platform. Agree or disagree. I'm not saying this, but just saying that's the reality. But yet there was a lot of people that came out and were going like, this is a, this is not okay. Here's a trans person who is threatening violence and then they got censored. That's happening on Elon Musk's Twitter. Now, Jared points out censorship doesn't seem to have been fully lifted. Why not? Where is the shadow ban data and reporting that was promised to the public? Oh, here's a part of the, the algorithm. Are we good? Right. Here's a couple of screenshots. Uh, you know, not, I mean, not, there was a lot of information that came out with the diff many different threads and so on, but we never got source material. We never got the Fauci files. I guess they're just hoping you forget. Somebody says, where's the Fauci files? Now, Mashy Cat says the FBI won't let Mush, Mush, Musk publish them. That's his opinion. And this person says, is the FBI paying Twitter again? And look at this. Somebody posted. I thought it was interesting. Oh, is, this, is it right here? Yeah. Oh, no, it's the next one. This says, I don't think Elon would take money from the FBI, but who knows? I do know that he said he supports the FBI. He can't afford to make them his enemy, so I'm sure he won't stand in their way of manipulating Twitter as long as they want to. Now, I believe it was Dr. Shiva is openly arguing that they he very provably in his in his I haven't seen him display that but I've been looking at his substack regularly but the point is he's arguing he can prove that the FBI backdoor is still in Twitter right now yeah it's just it's I don't I just think we question at the very least people I don't buy this for a second the whole thing Twitter the whole thing right we're being played but the point is in this tweet which you'll you read in the article he does say to be clear I'm overall very much pro FBI that's kind of crazy to me. The FBI is an is an, a corrupt, anti-American institution from its inception. Now that may shock some people, but I've written articles about it. It's it's plain as day when you understand why it was created and what it's done since. How it continues to frame people, you know, entrapment and so on, pre-crime, the fact that they're you know setting people up and then arresting them, and then you, half the time you don't even know that. But because the agency does a great deal of important work protecting the public, William, you can decide for yourself. Overall. It seems like an odd thing to take when you just literally, you know, uh, arguably exposed the FBI colluding to censor Americans, right? But we also have Marjorie Taylor Greene suspended over posting the Trans Day of Vengeance, which was what it was called poster. And then also some conversations about it. I'll show you what it says here. She says that her account was suspended on Tuesday after apparently being swept up in a platform-wide crackdown, which is interesting the way they frame that. Because I, there's plenty of trans discussion of these that I can see right now that are talking about the same thing. So it's an interesting framing. I don't think that's the way it went. This is a far-right lawmaker. Of course, this is how they frame her, a far-right lawmaker, which is even, this is even the New York Post. It's like a strange thing. I, I mean, far-right? I mean, that, what, does that just become anybody on the Republican Party now? Far-left? Is anybody in Biden's administration? I mean, it just seems like we are getting more and more ridiculous by the day. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily incorrect. I think they're all ridiculous. But the terminology seems to be shifting in more extremes very fast. Probably the point. But it's saying she shared a screenshot from her Twitter account, which remains active, showing that her government account was hit with a seven-day ban. And you, and you could see, these are right here, on her account right now. These tweets violated the Twitter rules. Now, as far as I understand it, they didn't do anything that should have been actually a violation 
other than the fact that they argue that just like the trans people weren't allowed, she wasn't allowed to share the thing that called for vengeance. Except, like I said, there's examples of it right now. But it says, in the offending tweet, she shared an image of the poster promoting an April 1st poster a pro- protest organized by a group called Our Rights DC that seeks to stop trans genocide, whatever that is. Like, it, 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 it's it's kind of insulting, in fact, as your government is murdering, committing genocide in places like Palestine, in places like Syria, in places like I mean, in, in, I mean, in Venezuela, there was a mass starvation campaign in Syria. There's a mass that the, that's what these things are. How about the genocide of the American population with the injections? Right. This, these are real things. And the end of the day to stop trans genocide because bills are being passed that stop people from getting treatments that they think they need, not that they actually need or they're going to die. And sometimes grow up and realize, oh, that was a wrong thing. And I changed my mind like the idea. That's not everybody. The idea that you can call that genocide is as stupid as calling January 6th an insurrection. But that's where we are today. But so they're going to protest to stop people from removing bills that only just recently became a focal point for for what? For 7% of the population, including gay and drag. We'll get to that in a second. That's assuming that's even correct. The Republican accused Twitter of trying to whitewash violence promoted by a far-left group. So that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. And I, that, you, that makes sense. Why would it be swept away from everybody? Right? Because, I mean, the word vengeance, seriously? Like, here, let's just do a quick experiment to see what happens. Just, let's just search for the word vengeance. See what pops up. I'm mostly covering this right now, of course. Yep, let's get past it. I should have I should have known that would happen. I forgot. Everyone's pointing this out. But what's interesting though, I mean, look, that's still that these some of these posters are still on here. <laughs> it's funny. Vengeance became the plan in 2016 after Clinton was usurped. Well, so clearly you're allowed to use the word vengeance. So they're literally arguing that just mentions of the word vengeance implies violent. Well, the point would be that I'm willing to bet you that you can find like I'm, I'll come back to this and I'll do like a way back machine version or, or even right now, like with all this not clouding it up. I bet you that there's examples of people using it right now. that just aren't prominent. That doesn't get censored. Not that I'm saying it should. But at the end of the day. There right now, you're kind of wiping all of this away, which now effectively hides the fact that there was an open group that was actively calling for vengeance. And I'm going to show you some of this stuff. Now, it says in the wake of a transgender shooting targeting. And by the way, in no way should you whitewash every single transgender person because of a group that did this. That'd be as stupid as saying every right person is like what one person does or what every left person is or any other thing like that. In the wake of a transgender shooting targeting a Christian school and murdering kids, every American should know the threat of Antifa driven trans terrorism. Yeah, one, obviously, you have a right to say that 100 percent. Right. This why would this the censors to, to censor the idea that you could call something trans terrorism? Isn't that what it was? Do we do we shy away from calling it white terrorism or, or whatever they call it or, or Muslim terrorism? No. Does that mean that you're then arguing that every single person is a terrorist? Well, in some cases, people are dumb enough to do that. But no, it's not what it means. But yet to say trans terrorism is apparently off limits. There's a lot exposing itself today. Now, it says. 
restore my account. I think that was the last part of it. It says, we do not support tweets that incite violence irrespective of who posts them, which is obviously not true, not even today. Vengeance does not, in, does not imply peaceful protest. So they're arguing they censored her because she shared the same flyer. Except, though, the timing of it was interesting because the flyers seemed to have been around until this became a point. So the flyers were okay until it became this point. You see how that works? Green sparked outrage on the platform Monday over a post that wasn't removed by Twitter, which suggested the hormone therapy could be to blame. Okay. Is that not, are you not allowed to suggest things? Why right? can't we suggest that antidepressants could play a factor in any number of things, including the shooting? Well, yeah, obviously. But you can see that there are lines here, guys, that Twitter is taking a political stance. Where, well, oh, you, can't, you can't argue that because that's off limits. Well, of course you can argue that. You're talking about a, a life-altering... Uh, hormones can drive people to do all sorts of things. Especially when they're in, uh, not balanced or there's a problem. Or let's say you take that and you, and you combine that with taking multiple injections that alter your, your, your neurological makeup, your DNA, your body, your, your immune system on top of SSRIs. They're... Who knows what's going on? Of course you can argue that. Can you say you know for sure? Well, no, that would be stupid. But to see it censored is very, very telling. Now, Cat Turd points out he was locked out of his account also for simply tweeting that ad. So you can see that a lot of people were swept up by it. Now, just in case you're wondering, this is a very real thing. Trans Day of Vengeance in D.C. is canceled due to a, get this, credible threat to life and safety. Okay, so the Trans Day of Vengeance that's censored on Twitter because they're promoting a violent protest is canceling that violent protest because of threats of violence. (laughs) You can't write that any better. But here's how this works. A transgender activist group has called off its planned and very real Trans Day of Vengeance rally after warnings of a credible threat. By the way, just so you understand, the, the group is actually called the Trans Radical Activist Network. Like, this is just on the surface of the conversation. Radical means something. But it also, just to cut to the chase, what it says is the uh, the day, or it says right here, the demonstration would have been held outside the Supreme Court, but astronomical amounts of hate from the world forced them to cancel. Now, it's, I mean, wouldn't be hard to, to it's, I wouldn't dispute that. I don't know if that's what actually happened. It could be a narrative being spun because they want to be seen as the victim, but, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened. Right. Because they were just in, a trans person was just involved in a shooting just the same way that you if you had a Muslim protest that was happening right after a Muslim shooter, if that's even what actually went down in these past discussions, then, yeah, people people would. It's the same thing. But to make this unique to the trans community, that's the dishonest part of this. But the astronomical amounts of hate, well, you know, it's it's, it's possible that this was simply framed this way. When you, or, or rather even more so that you're coming out with the, an open threat of vengeance and violence, what do you expect for people to push back about? It's just, the, this is just another way the media is framing this the way they want to frame it. Now, here is what Five Times August points out. Now, it's important to understand this conversation. One, this is a real person. But it could be. A psyop, it could be a government agent, it could be a right-wing person pretending to be trans for the very purpose of making this whole thing look like this. Like you, as much as you don't want that to be the case, it very well could be, as we all should know. But to just make it easy, I very much believe that there are people that are acting just like this. 
You could point out people on the left that are just as crazy. You could point people on the right who believe that the trans, the the LGBTQ woke movement is, you know, and, and rightly have reasons to be concerned about what's doing to children and how it's, you know, all the, there, there are people that are being aggressive, driven in, act, in the direction of violence because they feel there's no other choice on every single side right now. We must see that. And many of them have valid reasons to be concerned. So in this case, is it that hard to believe that a trans person would be so outraged based on the way the media are t- is telling them that you're being genocided, that you're being attacked, that you're being killed, that you're being attacked, you know, every single thing that's happening, except when you realize that's not really what's happening? Sort of like the, the abortion discussion. Well, all the, they didn't remove abortion. It simply brought it back to the states. But of course, that's not how that got reported. It got reported as an attack on women and everything because they want you angry and uh, uninformed. So it wouldn't be hard to imagine a person in this position feeling just like this. Now, regardless of why, that's not okay. In the sense of what we're talking about today. Trans rights or else. Now, look, you have a right to wear that shirt. You have a right to say it. But doesn't that indicate that somebody is unstable? Somebody that's violent? Or rather, somebody is willing to use violence to achieve their political ends? Yeah, just like the government trains us to think without saying it. Might is right. Right? Who cares if you're right? Just scream the loudest. Rampant lawlessness is the message of the day coming from your rampantly lawless government. But as Five Times August points out, just so we're all on the same page, a red hat that makes Make America Great Again, that, a hat that says Make America Great Again, is violent extremism. How stupid is that? That's what people think. But the growing trend in shirts that reads trans rights or else with silhouettes of guns on it is nothing to worry about. That's, I mean, look, you can push back on the framing all you want. 100%. You have the left who are literally saying red hats are a sign of terrorism or a sign of bigotry or racism. That's just stupid. Especially since you have plenty of black people that wear them and support them. Plenty of Asian people that wear them, women that wear them and support them. But of course, they're they're racist or they're, they're, you know, that's how it just becomes all-encompassing and ignorant. But I wanted to look this really quickly. Says... I want to search for that shirt really quickly. Let's see what pops up. Look at that. Right on Amazon. Oh, look at that. Okay, guys, I'm glad we just did that. That's telling. Now, let's understand, this has been there. That is not new. Okay, that's been there for a while. On on, on top of the fact that I bet you could find it in a lot of places. Why would Amazon suddenly take it down? Because they see people looking. Because they realize it's becoming too obvious that this is something that's been pushed, that has been motivated, that has been allowed. That's interesting. Now, Gordon points out, what rights do they currently not have? Okay, let's let's ask that question. Trans rights or else? Okay, what right do they not have? To be clear, you don't have a right to medical procedures. That's a fact. Right. There's no inherent right in the Constitution or elsewhere that says you have a right to have some kind of sex change operation. But what's interesting to me. Is that they somehow have been pushed to a situation where they feel that their rights are being removed. But guess what? They are. All of our rights are being removed. So the point is, it's about all of our rights, human rights in general. But what's interesting on top of it is that's the same kind of game that was played with the Black Lives Matter movement, where it became, well, wait a minute. Don't all lives matter. You're a racist. Well, how is that even possible? We all had that point. Well, guess what? Now the trans group are holding these signs that say trans lives matter. 
well, aren't, isn't that racist then? If, if all if all lives matter, or, or if you put a sign that says white lives matter, God forbid, well, then all of a sudden you're racist. Well, what about this? Well, because this is you know, part of the same kind of politicized agenda. There's plenty of black people who would point out the politicization of the Black Lives Matter movement and so on. So it's obvious that this is a game. But my point to make very clear is that these people are in the mindset, some of them, that they believe that they do not, or who are fighting, like this is the newest civil rights movement. Because that's politically advantageous for people. But they have every single right that you do. Every single right. No, there's just no debating that. So how does that, how do we get to a point where they think that? Here's another example. Five times August points out, can we stop pretending these are rational human beings? Humans who just want to be seen and understood. Clearly no conversation is wanted. You either listen to them yell at you or they want you hurt. Those are the options. Now I have a, I have a problem with this. I, I love five times August and I support his work. And I think his music is amazing. I opened for him in, in Nashville, the Cobra. This one is very clear. I got to be honest, though, this is completely conflating every trans person, whether he meant it or not, with what he's pointing at. We have to be objective about this. Like, look, you can disagree with the idea that someone can be trans or you can feel that they're all mentally unstable. You, can, you have your right to your opinions. But the moment that you become a broad brushing, sweeping everybody into one category because of politics, then you're just as bad as the government. Look, these are real. OK, this person. Us when we see transphobes with two guns in her hand. Now, yeah, that's a, that's indicative of a violent mindset. But can you not point out people all over Twitter <clears throat> doing that all the time? Yes, you can, because you, they would, oh, I just was being facetious or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. I, I believe that there is a problem here. I do believe that there are people that have been mentally manipulated, both through politics and through mind-altering manipulative drugs and SSRIs and so on. I do believe that's a factor here as well as the media manipulation and the aggressive foreign policy and all the different things that break the way we view the world. Examples of trans activists headbutting 70-year-old women because they didn't agree with what they were saying, or this is the one that really stood out to me. And, and this is real, guys. That account has been suspended because of this. It says, kill Christ cucks. So like people that believe in God, behead Christ cucks. Roundhouse kick a Christ cuck into the concrete, slam dunk, the same word, baby. <laughs> really? Slam dunk a Christ cuck baby into the trans the trash can. Like, this person is mentally unstable. Crucify filthy Christ cucks. To defecate in a Christ cuck food. Launch them into the sun. So, you have people that exist in, the, in society, working in, at restaurants and so on, who, in some cases, as this person clearly has been driven to, believes it's acceptable to do things to that, to your food, to, to your children. I mean, that's what she's saying, guys. Or I guess he, if it's, I, who knows how this works these days. My point is, if that's a trans woman, then that's a man. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You can disagree all day. You can say I'm wrong, but that's what I believe. And I, I will defend your right to do whatever you want with your own body, but I'm not going to be forced to call you what you think you're supposed to be called. That's my, I, my have rights too. But the point here is that you can't just broad brush all of this and make it sound like every single trans person is doing this. I know trans people. I, some of them are, are followers of this show. That I, you know, I, I'm not going to speak to their mental stability. I don't know. I'm not going to speak to anybody's mental stability. There's probably half the people in this chat probably have problem, different SSRIs and all different things going on in this country. But the point is that I, in, in my engagement, they seem like honest people that just care about the truth, willing to point out 
the trans politics and the, the, the you know, th- there are people that can see it, even if they are trans. We just need to be objective about this. Otherwise, we're just as bad as everybody else. Now, here is something that I also think is kind of despicable. Now, look, I'm not defending any, like, if the person that kills children, I'm not going to defend that person. I'm not going to stand up for their rights. I'm not going to, that person, it took, they, that person made choices that put them in that position. Now, do they still have rights? Yes. I'm not going to personally stand up and defend them because I don't believe that person is a good person. But the bottom line is, it's still a human being. And to uh, to do it, to post this at this moment, especially when there's barely any information, right? It's just, it's to me, it's indicative of a person who doesn't have a good moral compass. Now, probably he'd probably attack me for saying that, but the bottom line is, to post this picture of a dead human being who's probably, if this is the, the, the real event and exactly how it went down, somebody who's probably completely broken mentally because of the politics, because of the form, because of the things the government have done, because of the media, and, and you post a dead picture and you write was, were for the pronouns, I mean, again, to me, that suggests that you're just anti-trans in general. And they probably wouldn't even shy away from that. I find that to be a problem because I think that's that's the same as at one point being an anti-gay person because it was just something you thought was immoral. Now, even if you do, from your religious standpoint, disagree with what they're doing, it takes a special kind of person to hate them just because of their choices. You could disagree and you could believe they're going to go to hell, but you can still not. I mean, you get where I'm going with this. It, it, it upsets me. And this person says, I'm going to have to unfollow you for this, bud. This post is disgusting and makes you know better than the Democrats. We're supposed to be the example. Do better, sir. And you'd be surprised. There's quite a bit of those in the chat, which makes me happy to see because that's hey, look at same, the same point. Like there's probably even going to be somebody that frames this as me defending a child killer. That's the opposite of what's happening here. It has nothing to do. Well, I mean, it does in the context, but it just has to do with the the idea of, of showing decorum, I guess. And the concept like the bottom line is there are other people that hey, you get where I'm going with this. I just find this to be the wrong way to frame, to, to go about this conversation. And then even to stand back again and be like, what if it was a government agent? What if it was something else? No, it's anti-trans. Now, look, I've made my opinions clear in the past, especially I, I'm a Christian. I have my personal beliefs, but I'm still able to engage with these things objectively. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. Underneath this, this person posts this tweet. Dr. Anastasia Mary Lupus says, another trans lunatic showing off her gun. Why are these mentally ill people not locked up in a psychiatric facility? Okay. Where was it? Hold on. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot I had. So the point, the point is, he says, I don't agree with his way of life. Or the fact that he chooses to live a confused falsehood or outright lie, but I finally support his right to defend himself. Now, you could argue that there are people all over the place posting pictures on the right of them holding their weapons and so on. Now, there is a threat, a threat essentially from this included, you know, the, the you know people that come after me. But that's not necessarily the same thing as saying I'm going to go out and attack people. Look, I'm not trying to defend people that are essentially standing up and suggesting that they're going to hurt people. I don't defend it when the right does it or the left or anybody, Antifa, you know, anybody. But that needs to be clear because this I guarantee no matter how objective I am, people will intentionally try to frame what we're saying in one way or the other because that's what people do. 
There are people out there right now trying to make entire arguments about how, because I didn't, I didn't, I defended or rather didn't attack one person that I'm now X, Y, and Z. It's just painful to watch how ridiculous these people are. Ask the questions, but that's not what's happening. They're just asserting fact with no evidence. But anyway, the point is that this is counter to the idea of defending the Second Amendment. By, and, and by going forward, it says, David, there's a difference between normal and not mentally ill person exercising their rights. So how do we know this person's mentally ill? You see, the underlying point is that because they're trans, they are mentally ill. And maybe you're right. But if we're going to start drawing those lines, then that the government's going to go, perfect. That's exactly what we needed. Now we're going to do that to you. Guess who's also mentally ill? Anybody that questions the vaccine. Anybody that doesn't think they should have chemotherapy. Anybody that doesn't take climate change seriously. That is where this goes. He says, but today's standards, practically everyone has some kind of mental health problem. I don't want to go down that slippery slope. See, this is just a person who can be objective. That doesn't mean this person is advocating for trans vengeance and blah, blah, blah. It just means they're able to stand back and look at it logically and see that even if these people are losing their mind, and even if they are, that the government's going to use it against us. So we have to maintain objectivity here and deal with this appropriately. I don't want to go down that slope. He says, you can't have firearms because the government thinks you have a mental disorder. That's the slope. And that's, they've already tried this. Don't forget the oppositional defiance disorder. Remember that? That's still a thing the government has written down. All that means is you don't trust the government, that you don't follow direction. <laughs> you're, you're lunatic. You're crazy. You need medication. That's what they used to try to push and still do to some degree. It follows up saying too much freedom is bad. All these lost people in their head thinking whatever they do will be accepted because USA freedom as justice, service, and once again, politics. And he says, we can never agree. And I won't agree with that. Too much freedom is bad. Do you see where this is going? You have people on the right who are now arguing the exact opposite of what you once would have argued. The bottom line is, guys, there's so many people like this that are framing just everybody. Everybody that is a trans person as the lunatic. Do you believe the same should happen to cisgender people that do the same? And because this is an important point, because if not, you may want to consider looking into the word hypocrisy. If you don't think that there are right leaning people and I'm not talking about the politicians out there. I'm talking about the extreme version of it that are on the right, a white male or whatever you want to, whatever, how you want to frame it, who will go online and say, this is what I'm going to do to people that come after my gun. That, you know that happens. And it's out there. You can find it on Twitter. This person says, same what? Everybody has a right to self-defense. No one has a right to be a psycho and shoot up innocent people. Okay. Everyone agrees with that, I would argue. But to assume that every trans person who has a gun is suddenly that, that's where this goes. There is no genocide just targeting trans people by by other civilians or regular politicians. I agree with that. There's a targeted Great Reset version against all civilians. I agree with that. So yeah, we agree with literally everything except the implication that everybody who is in that position is crazy. If you're asking this, then you clearly did not read the tweet. It's basically saying, you know, we're there on the same side other than the same point that I'm making. Now, the problem this person says, and this, this is where I think it all goes. And this is where I think we need to be careful. This about The thing about this is the fact she was trans means anti-gun people and anti-trans people are now citing. And that's very dangerous. It is. If a trans person wants to own a gun, more power to them. One bad apple doesn't represent the whole community. They have the right to bear arms too. But this is the main point, guys. Yes, if somebody's threatening violence, then that should be a problem. If somebody commits violence, then that's a crime. Or threatening violence is a crime, too. Crimes are on the books. There are laws. And if they violate them, then yes, do something about it. That's the way it works. But 
You don't get to then because doing this kind of stuff is opening the door, kicking open the door for pre-crime, for everything else they're trying to put on top of us right now. And to see anti-gun people aligning with anti-trans people. How does that work? That's crossing the fake party lines, isn't it? That's what's happening. I don't think they realize it. Lastly, here's Brian Kransenstein, investigative journalist but yet somehow has one of the most absurdly stupid takes on the Second Amendment or any constitutional right that I've ever seen in my life. Which basically, it takes a special kind of stupid to try to break and bend and do mental gymnastics to try to misrepresent a very basic and easy-to-understand amendment. Here's what he writes. The Second Amendment doesn't give everyone the right to own any gun. <laughs> okay, where, show me where the asterisk is on there where it says specifically these but not these guns. Like, this is just the way they want it to be. Arguing, well, because there was only, there's guns have changed so much and so we don't have to, well, that's your opinion. The words are the same and they always have been and it's very clear. These people just want to change things because they act like that's the way it should be done. No, shall not be infringed means something. You can disagree with it all day long. I'm not, I would never say this because I don't agree with it or believe it, but there, here's where they would say in reverse in different situations, we'll go live somewhere else then. Oh, you don't like it? We'll go move to another country. No, because that's stupid because most people don't have the ability to do that. And in fact, I want to stay in a country like, like when they would say it to me, well, I'm going to stay here because here's where I can affect the most change, right? But yes, it does give you the right to own a gun, period. And you you disputing what guns they are. Well, that's you trying to alter what it says. But it says the Second Amendment would not be violated by banning AR-15s. Well, it would, in fact. Same point, because you're stupid, apparently, and can't wrap your mind around if those are guns, too. But the, the problem is they just don't like that that's something that's accessible. The idea being, I mean, you could argue from a lot of different angles. That ultimately that that means, you know, it gives the average people and potential militias more ability to defend themselves more in line with the way a military might be able to fire, which does see the idea that they go that you're insinuating somehow that you're going to overthrow the government. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply pointing out that that's what the Constitution says. And the fact that you guys can't rectify that reality is very dishonest. The Constitution makes it clear that it's, that's what it's about. That to make it about hunting again, it's just blindly stupid. Because at a time when they were literally revolting against a powerful government, the British government, that's why that's in there. So it's about protecting yourself. And the idea that AR-15s would be removed is obviously contradictory. But the other way you could look at it would be simply that these are, that the, the, the well, I mean, I, I could split hairs all day long in the context of the different kinds of guns and specifically AR-15s. But the idea being that, a government or an individual who has a right to own any kind of gun is still accountable for any crime that's committed. Their argument then becomes that, well, you're, you can create a lot more violence with that kind of gun. Well, not even really accurate, especially when you understand how guns can be altered and, you know, that ultimately you can have handguns that are, again, not to get into the, re the, the nuance of all of this, but the ridiculous argument, it's just invalid. And on top of that, if the crimes are going to hold them accountable, what, what about the military? What about people overseas? What about any number of actions coming from, from official stances using these kind of guns and killing people at unbelievably high levels, but no, you can't. Oh, and the gun is my point. Like, think these are the people that are actively not just doing it themselves overseas in regard to the military, but signing legislation, allowing, knowingly doing this to people. And that, but you're, to me, it's very obvious what this is about. 
Then he says the Second Amendment has limits. Again, why do you say that? Because you want it to be the case? Nowhere does it say that. Shall not be infringed kind of says the opposite of limits, buddy. But just say it because that's what makes it popular, right? The Second Amendment is not absolute. Same point. This guy needs to get it by a dictionary. The Second Amendment is a shield that the gun lobby uses to pretend that politicians can't do anything. Oh, so the gun lobby was there signing the Constitution? Okay, that makes sense. Maybe they maybe they use it today, but isn't that their right? It's a, it's an amendment that applies to everybody all the time. Like, it's just dumb to make this so oversimplified. Those who claim that the gun reform activists want to abridge our Second Amendment rights are being disingenuous. Oh, oh, am I? <laughs> so now he knows in my head that I'm being... You see the game? These people are just lying to you based on their politics. Now, maybe that's true to some people, but how are you going to just stupidly argue that literally everybody saying what I'm saying feels this way? Because he wants to frame you as the bad guy. He's trying to dehumanize anybody that has that opinion because that's how the game is played. Now, I want to make a couple points in regard to this next segment or really just the last part of the the, the trans shooter discussion. What I see right now is very obvious. And we see this happening on, on all sides of this. And it doesn't just apply to this one shooting or one event for that matter. But it's the left-right paradigm and how this always goes. And I'm always trying to look for examples of how to kind of highlight how, you know, I often say it happens on the other side too. And a lot of people don't like that. But in many cases, it's not easy to see. Like, for instance, you have one example of this, like just taking the trans community conversation. Well, in this case, you have kind of, well, that's actually a bad example because I would argue it's very obvious that you have the extremes on both sides in that one point. But you could take a lot of different political points or discussions and you can see one side very clearly who's just being ridiculous and it's obvious to see and then you know let's just take the right would step in and say see it's so clear how crazy they are we're not doing it and it looks that makes it makes it look like that's the case but you can show another dynamic another conversation where it's the inverse of that and the point is that's how that's played and so my point is to try to make this clear for people so i just wrote this out so in this case, and this again, it's not meant to be all the left. It's just in this, it's some people in the left on Twitter and so on are saying that the, that, and this is real. I, I found a lot of examples of this. I didn't want to bring it on the show because it just seems it's meaningless and baseless and unverified, but they're claiming, which is certainly possible, that the, the right actually faked the trans shooter to frame the community. Now, I don't believe that, but I've seen examples of that. Now, in that case, the right then says, that this one shooter represents the entire trans community. Again, some people on the right and are simultaneously refusing to consider that it may in fact have been the right or a right person or the government pretending to be the right for the video ISIS lab. Now, why wouldn't you consider that? Isn't that possible? Isn't that what the right points out or anybody in the, in that people point out about foreign policy or anything else or psyops or false flags or, or crisis actors. I mean, even the U S government said Russia was going to do it. Why can we consider it in other things, but not in the context of the two-party paradigm, right? Now, the other side of it, going to a normal shooting, let's say, whatever that means, going, you know, whatever, a, a non-trans shooter conversation of, of the past, a school shooting, right? In those cases, what have we seen? We see the right coming out and arguing, in some cases, the left is faking shootings to take your guns away, to institute control. And in some cases, that is what's happening. But at the same time, the left then steps up in some in some of them and says, that the one shooter, at, the, at this point, let's say a white shooter, represents all of the right community. And the left at that point fails to consider that it actually just may be a left individual pretending to be a right person. Now, if you can't see 
that just the same thing happening in the same way in reverse, then I don't know how to help you because this is this is what's going on right now. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't valid points within each part, but it does mean that there are hip there's hypocrisy inherent in these games where it becomes all or nothing. Right. It's all of them or it's none of them. Right. It's either all white people or all right leaning people or all of the left or they're all crazy. And we only see one side of it in certain circumstances. I hope that's clear for people. The reality being is that you're all being played if we fall victim to the two party paradigm. Now, here, you know, perpetuating this manipulation. Is KJP. Telling you after this, I mean, think, think before I even play it. Think about what normally happened after a Muslim shooter. Again, not even to say that's, you know, there's a lot of dispute about how a lot of these past shootings have gone down and the framing of what they actually were and ethnicity. And I'm just saying this to make a point to the conversation point. But, you know, an example of a white male shooter or a Muslim shooter, right? Do you remember them going, our hearts go out to that community? That they're, that they're the ones being persecuted. It's unjust. Everyone now hates Muslim people, and that's not fair. Is that what they did? No, none of them did that. Well, I, I mean, I would probably some of the people in some cases, but overall, look at the way everything went. Look at the direction of foreign policy. It went the same way. Now, here is what she is saying about after this, this trans person shoots up a bunch of children. Things that we saw during the midterm elections is that People don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. <laughs> God, I love that point. Oh, did you learn that, KJO? Did you learn that people want freedom? Oh, you're so smart. Thank you for paying attention. <laughs> Maybe you would have known that if you'd read the Constitution. I just think, think of what I, I didn't even intend to make that point. I just, God, this woman blows me away. I just don't understand how we're not laughing every time she stands up there. It's nothing to do with a woman or black or anything like that. She's just not very bright, guys. And I've seen people up there of all walks of life that are equally ridiculous. But this is something special. One of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want (laughs) us to fight for their freedoms. I'm blown away. What an insightful thing to see. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those the trans community as okay what she's talking about is legislation that's being passed i think we're talking about kentucky tennessee to stop children from being given or having access to usually without their parents consent trans surgeries and so on and and hormone altering drugs and that's somehow attack on their rights no it's not like these are these are fundamentally and on purpose misunderstanding, misrepresenting what your rights are. I just think that's incredible. And nobody seems to push back, not even the right people in the room. It just happened, okay. They are under attack right now. But And one of the things that it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. But I mean, so where exactly is the trans community under attack? Nobody is saying that adults can't do make decisions in their own body. Why suddenly this became an important discussion for young children is because they altered the conversation because of what they believed to state that these children are what we think they are, or they can be. And maybe they're right. But at the end of the day, I don't agree with that. And I think plenty of Americans have a right to make their own opinions, especially with their own children. And now you're being forced that your teacher has a right to tell them that there's something different or they can be. And you don't get to do anything about that because you're a bad person. This is crazy. 
I mean, look, even if that is the case, that's still crazy. You are breaking a, a sacred relationship. You are crossing a line between the parents and their children, which has always been there with every talking point in every political discussion until now. I mean, this is kind of wild. And we just, and I think everybody sees that, including, as my point before, plenty of transgender people that I know who are actively pointing this out and saying, that's crazy. That's wrong. I don't believe children should have access to this. And some of them disagree. But my point is there are plenty of people that do see that and can recognize the politics, the supporters of the show that would st- that write me and say that, right? Now, the, the point is to see the trans community under attack because of the, the legislation at the very, at the worst, as far as I could tell, moving it to after 18, it just shows you what they're really talking about. Meanwhile, these are the same people that are murdering people in Yemen and Syria, all over the place are murdering children with injections right now in this country. But we're, we're murdering people by not allowing them to make choices that moments ago, they didn't even know were possible. Got it. It's crazy. Now, Biden on the 30th says transgender people, he literally says, shape our nation's soul. I mean, I don't even know how to take that. Why would that be the case? Especially since it's important to understand that on in, in February in 2022, this is well into the peak conversation. A poll that was taken by people who are pro this conversation have identified, or rather the people, that the LGBT community identifies or rather the identification in the United States, goes up to 7.1%. You understand that includes lesbians, gay people. Oh, and then bi, because that means two genders, even though that's still included, because that makes sense, right? You realize having the B in there is pretty stupid, but it still stays because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. But if it's bi, that means there's two genders, right? Oh, it doesn't matter. Don't, everything's acceptable, including the ridiculousness of our... I mean, it's just, it's just so silly. But... The point is 7.1%, including lesbian, gay, and everything else. So that means that that's a fraction of 7.1% is trans or half or whatever you want to call it. There was a hell of a lot of gay people before, lesbians before, and now it's in total 7.1%. Okay, so let's realize that it's less than that at the very least. In a time when it's being politically pushed, where people are being convinced to do so, and then provably in some cases changing their mind later when they grow up even though that can't really be reversed, which makes them very unhappy. So how in the world is a is less than 7% of the population apparently the shaping the nation of the soul and overwhelmingly taking over a gigantic portion of the policy because we're being propagandized, because they're being used to push an agenda, which is something I want to include today. I'm not going to go into all of this because it's a long, it's a 38-minute video, but it's important to watch. Something that I've talked about a long time. Something I interviewed Jason and I talked about people. This has been something that I, I, I don't think I've proven. But something that I just thought was logical and made sense that right in the beginning of this, my first thought was this seems like a step in the direction of transhumanism. Normalizing, not not the average person being this way, but the government push to make, you know, four or five percent of the population suddenly influencing 90 percent. That's something. And the point is, and, and this is Jennifer Belik arguing that's exactly what it is that there there are groups that you might expect or are behind this agenda driving transhumanism now that i'm sure that's going to offend somebody i don't care because i have a right to point out what i think is happening it's called free speech and i also think it's very obvious that this is not okay 
that there is an obvious game being played. And then, of course, it's important to make sure we include the fact that I guarantee you, first of all, we know that a vast portion of the population is, in fact, on some form of antipsychotic, antidepressant. I have, there's an article I, I've written about in the, in the, in the, the, the Last American Vagabond. Nah, I'm not going to try to find it. It'll take me forever. Where we talk about this, and it's this was back in like, I think it was like 10 years ago, and an unbelievable amount of children, kids that are one-year-old, two-year-old, five, are on antipsychotics, antidepressants. How that's even possible? I, I can guarantee you it's worse today. So my point is that a huge portion of this population is already on some form of or mind-altering drug, including antidepressants that have been proven to be not only... Remember, we just talked about this. They are still prescribing these SSRIs to kids, despite the fact that the mo this gigantic study just came out that proved that they, in fact, don't even do what they say they do. And, in fact, are largely damaging and create they drive people to suicide. Yeah, breaking story. Now, keep prescribing them, right? How does that make sense? It's the same as proving these injections are murdering people and then keeping them going. Proving that people are being hurt in Ohio and then just not talking about it anymore. That's how this works today. So the re this uh, important uh, post, Midwest, the, it's from a Midwestern doctor. We've, we've shown the, the, plot, the sub stack before. A, the decades of evidence that antidepressants are causing mass shootings. We've written about this on TLAB before. And it is clear and irrefutable. It's undeniable. In fact, so the question is, to what degree is this playing a factor on not just trans, but everybody, the shooters in general, the conversation they're in? And then, of course, we have to realize on top of that, that there is the real possibility, provably in the past, of faked events, too. This is where we are today. So whether or not these people that are being so propagandized to the point to where they feel like they need to literally violently attack people that don't agree with them. And in this case, I am talking about the trans community, the people we just pointed at, not all of them, but the ones that are standing up there saying that we're going to attack you if you don't agree with them. I promise you that a lot of these people are on these drugs. More even so because that lean tends to be more leaned into these kind of things. And either way you look at it, this is playing a factor. Then you overlap that with the constant manipulation. Like the idea of breaking someone's mind and the concept of telling them something that's knowably not true, provably false. The cognitive dissonance, the rampant lawlessness, the murdering people in the name of freedom, people of losing themselves, and you tip them over the edge with all these drugs and then alter their genetic makeup with the injections and then give them a sex change to see how that works out for them. Last point, Hassan Mafi points out, as the New York Times posted, there was confusion later on Monday about the gender identity of the assailant in the Nashville shooting. Officials had used she and her to refer to the suspect, who, according to the social media post and LinkedIn profile, appeared to identify as a man in recent months. That is real. This person just murdered children, and we want to apologize for misgendering them. I don't even know how to put that into words. But as Moffy said... If six kids have been murdered in yet another mass shooting in your country and prominent news outlets in your country are, in, are worried about if the murderous child killer was the he or she, uh, then there is something seriously wrong with your country. I think most Americans also see that. My God. I mean, talk about an, a, a, a ridiculous. I just these stories are, are out of control. All right. So let's talk about this before we get to this really quickly. Actually, I'm going to close some things really quick, but this new part of it as we've seen as they in uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, which does have an overlap with the trans conversation of them storming legislative buildings. 
And of course, you're going to see people on the right, which I'm going to show, already calling this an insurrection and already calling it worse than January 6th, even though it's not even remotely. And January 6th wasn't either. It's just kind of, in, I mean, the fact that this keeps happening and the fact that we keep seeing people play their role from both sides of this paradigm, stepping into these things and, and doing the same thing in the reverse way, and even then getting the support from the same people who were moments ago pointing out the hypocrisy of the other side. It's, it's mind-bendingly stupid, but it's happening everywhere. Here. Where were we? Here we go. Here is where Jack Posobiec points out, leftists storm Tennessee Capitol. Now that is very and intentionally misleading. Not surprising for Jack. What this is, is this is, these are people, these are people, these aren't the average people on the outside. Right? Now that y'all just quickly show you, the, the, that's these people who are saying, you know, what we did was not radical. These are, these are members of the, of the, of the, of the government. They went in and they did their whole stand-up thing and they they stopped everything. And it was all about trying to call attention. It's this guy right down here. You can see him on the bottom, screaming with his megaphone. Right. But you have realized these are all political, these are all government people. Right? So it's it's very dishonest to say leftist storm the Capitol. He knows what he's doing. He's trying to incite people to make those arguments. I don't know why people can't see what an obvious manipulator these people are. But the bottom line is. The, the reason this is being stated this way is because there was also very dishonestly framed uh, these videos right here. So I'll go into this in a second. But what ultimately happens is you got these videos of these kids trying to block them from getting out. It's just really stupid. And you can, they're laughing the whole time. It's like they're, they're, it's like they're at some theme park. It's really stupid. But then the point is that they, people get upset. And then you got them trying to go all the way across the crowd to the other room. And then what happens is you got the people like the jacks of the world who then catch this framing right here. And they go, they tried to force their way in and they keep trying to portion the Capitol. Now, maybe that happened somewhere, but the video that keeps showing when they say that is this, and that's not what happened. So I think that's intentional. I think what you're seeing is these videos that came out at, you know, 5 p.m. No, where was it? There was the, the it wasn't Hogg's original video. I was just, I just assumed, but this one. Wasn't the original. The point is, and this isn't even the video I'm talking about. There's the video that was circulating everywhere, but all the ones you'd imagine that perfectly clipped it out, like right here, making it look like they were trying to push back in there. My point is that that's when this came out, and it's like left we'll to storm the Capitol, and everyone took the bait. Ten million views. Now, that all that aside. This is interesting because, of course, this is an interesting overlap to disrupting policy and blah 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 in the way that they try to frame it. Now. The way that the outside version of the Capitol on January 6th went with all of the instigators and the EPS and the Antifas and the FBI agents and everything we know was there was why they, you know, but once they went inside, most of the, what we saw were people just milling around other than the ones that just happened to be around the Antifa groups and the, and the EPS and the rest of them. Weirdly coincidental, right? Of course. But the important part for me is to show how this is being framed by people on the right. Because it's all being used against us, the ones that realize it's a two-party illusion. Here is a person from the government who is arguing this is worse than January 6th. Or rather, I mean, that's, well, first of all, that's not even the truth, really, when you understand that there was more pushing and, and shoving and, you know, people, the, when Ashley Babbitt got shot, and their windows were broken. Yes, I can very clearly prove by people that were Antifa, like, obvious, but 
This is not that. I mean, it's insulting to say that. And then also to argue that this was an insurrection. Like, do you not realize how it's the same game to use that word? So now everything's an insurrection the moment that anybody does anything. Like, that's how this game is played. As much as the right's now going to probably argue, oh, he's just doing it back to make a point. Well, why would you go along with that? So now he's lying for your truth? So now he's, the headline still goes up worse than January 6th, insurrection, and people share it and point at it? It doesn't matter. Facetiously or not, it's the same thing. We were in between bills and Representative Justin Jones, Representative Justin Pearson, and Representative Gloria Johnson came to the well. We had protesters that had... They- Ignore the weird, stupid graphic and all the lie, lie, lie. It's all, you know, that's not what I'm pointing out. This is where it came from. And vocal in the balconies that we had given warnings. They were out, out in front of the chambers um, being very vocal and yelling. And I'll show you those next, the people outside. Yelling and screaming, uh, which we're used to. And they took at one point during session to come up out of order and try to take over the house floor started pulling out a megaphone and yeah and again but see right there that's he's talking about people in the government that's right there that was a very clumsy or intentional conflation of the people outside with the people in the government that came in now if i'm missing something please tell me because i've watched through these videos and it seems pretty clear to me the way this went down shouting at members to incite riots or violence okay so where were they you know this is just to be clear it's it's equally stupid to say January 6th was, was a, an insurrection or anything that they push about that argument, an armed insurrection. It's just as dumb. But if you suddenly think that this is somehow defending that, it's, it's being objective on all sides. January 6th was a ridiculous not insurrection that they was completely arg- organized and driven with all the people involved. And this was not an insurrection either. And to argue that they were inciting this or calling for riots and you know, maybe... I don't see the evidence of it. I see people chanting and doing the same thing that happens on all sides. And all of this is clearly part of the same game. I just don't know why we're driven to lie about one side or the other. I do know why. It's because they want us divided. They want us attacking each other. Uh, you had people in the outside the chamber who rushed the state troopers to try to get inside the chamber. They were- now, I'll, show you, I'll show you the full video right there, and you can tell me what you think about it. weren't successful. Um, and, and so now we have multiple violations by those three. What is going to happen to them? And what were they protesting? Well, uh, they were, they're, they're protesting guns and, and shootings. It's, it's pretty specifically about the trans shooter and the trans, like the, the gut, well, kids in general. Here's what's interesting is that they, when it's about gun control and second amendment discussions, the trans part's not, it's just about anybody and guns are bad. But then of course it's about trans rights at the same time, which is kind of ridiculous. And that two of the members, Representative Jones and uh, Representative Johnson. And, and have- actually on top of that, not only ridiculous, it kind of says a lot, doesn't it? From the, from the radicalized people that are pushing these agendas. Right. Without even saying it, you're essentially arguing that that's justified, like the violent act, not necessarily killing children, but that the idea that they need to act out like that's we need to defend them because this is what it leads to. Like that's it's right on the surface of this conversation. I'm not defending that, but it seems pretty clear to me that's what's being stated or insinuated. I've been very vocal about January 6th in Washington, D.C., about um, what that was and what they did today was equivalent at least equivalent maybe worse depending on how you look at it of doing an insurrection in the capitol like how can you take this person seriously that was an insurrection in the capitol really i mean that's just silly 
And this is the, and now we're it's it's the same thing in reverse. Now the right's going to jump in and argue and defend it because they want to get them back for when the way they lied about them. And it's like we're in kindergarten, grown adults in kindergarten. Here's what they say: What we did was not radical. In action is radical. Oh, okay then. So you know because we're desperate because kids are dying and because climate change. It's the same thing we we're just talking about. So you have you raise the pitch and you act like if you're not doing anything, then you're killing kids. And then it's just no, no, there's no conversation. If it's it's if you go if you go against them, then you're okay with killing kids. That's not what's happening here. Like it becomes in a ridiculous, irrational, binary thing that doesn't involve all the actual choices and all the actual information. But so they're arguing that this wasn't radical. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying conflating it with an insurrection or whatever else, but to storm in here with a megaphone as a representative, that's supposed to you're stopping the flow of government. You're you're wasting tax dollars, right? Because you've decided that this is so important that nobody else's opinions matter. Nobody else's stances matter. You see how what the what hubris is with that? But of course, the argument from people who don't want to hear this are going to say, but the children, and you, what are you going to say to that? That's how this is supposed to go. They say they took over the well with uh, the other person here, Pearson, to call for action on guns. Isn't that what you normally do in these chambers? To, you know, propose policy and call for action? No, this was grandstanding. This was meant to be a moment that people talked about. That's what this is. It was time for good trouble. And there's the problem. With thousands outside demanding action to save kids' lives. Right, because, you know, obviously gun policy stops killing. No, not even remotely. And in fact, that's why we continue to see this happening gun-free zones. But the point is good trouble. Do you not realize how dangerous this is when you can see people out there? Like, what they're saying is that you're allowing kids to die. So I need to do something, including crossing the line for good reason. Because you're not doing something, and that's killing people. Do you not realize how dangerous this is? This is perfectly overlapped with the words are violence agenda. So your words are causing people to take action, which then is murder. So you're a murderer, right? You not saying something is allowing this to happen. So you're a murderer. You know how flimsy that is? You can apply that however you want. And they sure are. So you're damn right this was radical. That's what it is. Now you could argue it was still for the right reason. I disagree with that. But all they're doing is giving these people the justification, the go-ahead, the nod. You need to do it too. People saying, not an insurrection. Well, here's what here's just some of the videos. You can look at it for yourself. There's plenty of these circulating. It's not hard to see. Um, I think I just have it down. Yeah, just up here. They're saying, shame on you. It's not trans, it's guns. You see my point, guys? So suddenly, suddenly it's not about the person. Before, it was all about the white male, the Muslim. But no, no, now, no, 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 it's just the gun. Do they, how can you not see your own hypocrisy? Like, that's just sad. And if you, if you look and pause, there's all sorts of sayings that are in the similar vein. I'll show you one in a moment that are, you know, kind of like, you know, insinuating action, potentially violent action. You know, of course, the same old thing, right? Because guns kill people, right? The gun gets up and shoots somebody because the gun hates you. You know, people and people will kill you if they want to kill you with anything, including the military. 
and people, you know, the idea that it's the same arguments that are always made and it just becomes silly. The idea that this makes a difference to people who don't follow the law. If they're not following the law, why do you think a law is going to stop them from accessing? Like these, this is where it comes very quickly to the reality that they just want to get rid of all the guns, including yours. But then when you point out they're coming for your guns, they call you a crazy maniac. Right. Now, here's the one. Here's one of them. There's plenty of these out there where the point was that the reason I want to show this angle. Because. uh, It shows you coming from the other side of it. And I want to show how these kids are acting like this is so juvenile. What do you think this is going to do? All this is about is making a, a show. That's all it is. Like you're going to somehow hinder these police like in what? What is the police officer doing? Why does it matter to block that police officer? It almost, this feels like they want something to happen. And watch their faces. Watch as they see, they're laughing like it's fun. (laughs) It just doesn't even seem real. It just seems silly. Okay, okay, so now they're outraged. How dare you touch him, right? It's the stupidest laying down in front of a car, and then they go, oh my God, you written something. It's like, what do you think is going to happen? These, these are children. You know, the, the over, what's the, ter- the word, um, uh, you know, the overprivileged kind of people that raised to think that everything's, you know, that everything matters and their opinion's important. It's just, you don't live in the real world. But the bottom line is, these people did this, justified or not, in your mind, they pushed through, and then they, they bring the one over to the other door. I mean, they're laughing. These kids aren't even. <laughs> now, how in the world this afterward can be framed as them pushing in? Again, unless there's some video that I didn't see. I looked through all these different posts and the, the ones their people are pointing at saying they tried to push in appear to be this exact video from the other side from in right up at the door. So right there. What happens is there's a video where it shows them pushing after the kid gets pulled in. And then a mo- later they, they say, give him back. And they push the kid back out and they all cheer and that's it. So why would you lie and make that about something? It's not because it's all about keeping you guys fighting each other. That's what it's about. And then the individual politician using individual moments to achieve their own individual ends at your expense. One of these kind of people, whether politician or not doing the same thing as people like David Hogg. Kids in Tennessee are fighting for their lives. Not really. Kids in Syria, real, certainly. Kids in Yemen, absolutely. But not in Tennessee, no, it's not what's happening. We all, especially since in most places we have people, it's, it's Tennessee's an open carry state. People are a little less inclined to take violent action knowing there could be people that are armed. Easy to prove. We all need to stand up with them. He says, we need to be showing up at the state capitals around the country with people of all ages and backgrounds demanding an end to gun violence. So what's funny is if this was the right that literally said the exact same thing and said an end to, you know, whatever, just make it trans violence if you want. Whatever you think that means. And it would be framed relentlessly as terrorism, as attacking the trans community. 
Like, what about what about? I mean, the point is, there's just that you you create the disadvantage, the victim, and then that's how this gets used. But don't don't average other people have a right to be. What about someone who believes the Second Amendment? Don't they have a right to be represented? Not according to these people. Now, here is a one quick point I want to play. This is uh, Lauren Chen, who also herself called this an insurrection. I just think that's important to make clear. Oh, right here. Here we go. So they're saying, give him back, give him back. And then they just give him back. No big deal. I don't know if I even buy how that played out, by the way. Yeah, there was a moment when that was happening where it got a little bit pushy, and I think that's what they're framing. As far as I can tell, that's what happened. Now, this, this was Kentucky. So here's the interesting point is they're inside doing their little chant, but they're so they're accompanied by other politicians and they're and they're just sitting there chanting and there's police standing around and right. So yeah, okay, well, they did the inappropriate thing by pushing in and doing their thing in Kentucky. And you could make a big deal about that if you want. There's a lot more important things happening. But to call that an insurrection is just ignorant. And in fact, counterintuitive. You're counter you're 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 hurting yourself. Because now protesting is an insurrection. Good job, guys. Oh, I wanted to show you this one sign too. My point about this is this one just says, Oh, this wasn't the worst one, but it just says you messed with the wrong generation. You know, again, it's it's kind of benign. You see these sites everywhere, but you you see a lot of these things, and it could be framed as something negative. Like, I could think of no other term to describe what happened in Kentucky. Insurrection. I could think of no other term to describe what happened in Kentucky when trans activists stormed the state capitol. Stormed. That's very in- intentional choice of words. Therefore, undermining the democratic process and calling into question the legitimacy of the state's historical institutions. And I okay. So, do, just do you not find it in- inherently insulting and co- in, in contradictory, hypocritical to then play the card right back at them, especially when it's very obviously not what we're used to calling an insurrection? Yes, it is. It doesn't matter, though, because everyone who you, people in the chat are going to go, oh, good job. You're just trolling them back. It doesn't matter. Pretend it's a troll. Pretend it's not. It doesn't matter. All it does is it effectively creates the world where protesting is an insurrection from all sides because the government played you both. That's how it works. But just to make this clear, an interesting point to make. Here's the definition of insurrection. An act or instance of revolting against civil authority or an established government. That's pretty simple. So technically, by the definition, you could call it an insurrection. You could call January 6th an insurrection by this definition, but then it's not really with the way we perceive the word. Now, this is just one. There's different, you know, this, there's definitions where you have much more nuanced definitions, which make it more clear, usually an act of violence, right? But that's typically what the word revolting actually means. But it again, nuance, causing intense disgust, disgusting, that's revolting, or uh, where was it? More here. Um, anyway, the bottom line is, her point, would pro- she probably did the same thing and goes, you know, look at that. Let's call it that because that's playing the game back at them. And technically you could be right. But do you not realize how dangerous this is? Because, first of all, it's constitutionally protected to push back against authority, whether revolting or, or otherwise. In fact, it's, te- it's constitutionally protected to overthrow the government because they are not upholding their side of the bargain. 
Now, that's not what I'm calling for. I can, I'll, be, I'll be quite clear that that's something that we should have a right to art discuss, right? That the argument that they, uh, what, what's the, the terminology that, uh, now I'm blanking on it all of a sudden. It's actually a line in one of my songs. Not contradictory. The bottom line is when they're contradictory to their own ends. The point of the things they outline in the Constitution, and when you could prove that the government is actually contradicting the things they're supposed to uphold, well, it's literally enshrined in the Constitution that you have a right to alter or abolish it. Those words mean exactly what they sound like. Now, you could even argue that today we're at a point in the world where that doesn't really apply anymore, blah, blah, blah. Fair argument. But what's funny is that you're not allowed to make that argument. Otherwise, you get called an insurrectionist or you're a conspiracy theorist or a crazy madman that wants to overthrow the government. Did I say that? It's amazing. That's like that's like having an argument that you're not allowed to discuss free speech because that implies that you're going to, you know, say the wrong thing and that's dangerous or whatever. I don't make that ridiculous. It's crazy that we can't point that out. Anyway, back to the point. The fact that they're talking about a constitutionally protected concept as being a problem, and then on top of that, pointing that very benign protests as actual insurrection is also very concerning. I can promise again right there. Look, the government already sees me as a violent conspiracy theorist. I can promise you that, despite that being literally not even in my blood. My point of being is me saying that doesn't really add much to the, what they're going to use against me if they want to. But the bottom line is it's very clearly constitutionally protected. Now, before we go forward, I just want to really, I hope people can truly stand back and try to remain objective with this conversation because it's so clearly rife with landmines of political manipulation. I mean, it's everywhere, guys. Every single thing we point at right now is being used against us. I just really hope people can see that because it's everywhere. And that goes into the foreign policy aspect, the ISIS, MAGA trap, and all that stuff we've talked about. That applies to every side. It's not just one or the other. That's what we need to really see. But next, let's get into the CDC, EPA, Ohio conversation. Starting with an interesting Kentucky emergency. Now, this one's interesting to me because of the way that it... Well, first of all, there's a lot of disasters I could have pointed out. There's a lot of different examples of things. That, you know, and I just... I, I, I have a hard time with it because I don't know... If I, I, I could, my entire show would be overwhelmed with all the different examples of accidents and so on. And I wonder, I look, I know for a fact that it's more than we're used to seeing by a landslide. Corbett did a great point on that. But I also know that there's some of these that are just kind of getting swept up in it because we're just pointing at every possible disaster. Some of them are likely just coincidence or so on. But as I said, either environmental disasters have always been happening this frequently and they haven't been. And it's been deliberately kept from our view or something has changed. I do think it's both. Either way, this is being presented to justify next steps. Manufactured crisis, ideological subversion, hashtag East Palestine, Ohio. And this is from Kentucky. The EEC emergency response team is on the scene of a crashed barge carrying 1,400 tons of methanol that is submerged in the river. Now, last I checked, they're arguing that it hadn't been broken or it's still contained. But why do we trust these people? We've already we've literally watched them get caught lying in the most egregious ways. Methanol is highly toxic, completely mixes with water. Municipal water intakes are just miles downstream. Very, very concerning. It's interesting how often. Now, just the point of that is that it's so it's, it's almost overwhelming. We can't even follow how much is happening. As, and all of it, whether organic or not, is going to be used to justify their next steps. But just to make a quick focal point on Ohio, because I, it's, kind of, it's kind of amazing how quickly this just got dropped. 
Now, I, this isn't a story that was up in the air. My God, this is very, very, very clear. Independent testing, parents and children getting sick miles away. I mean, and it just got dropped. Now, there's some people out there still talking about this, but my God, it's so the dangly cat toy. Just here's the new story, everybody. Jump over there. These people are still struggling. You know, maybe they should get in, talk to Flint, Michigan. You know, the place that still doesn't have clean water. Now, everybody cared about that for a month or so, and then it also got dropped. Still hasn't been rectified. How is that even possible? Well, it's possible in a world where the government does not care about you and knows they don't have to. CDC teams studying East Palestine health risks got sick during the investigation. This is a real story. But I said, I just had to make this a facetious point. But the FBA, excuse me, but the EPA test said that there's no risk and that you're safe, CDC. So based on your demeanor with COVID, we should all assume the illness is just in your head, right? Sort of how you disregard the issues of all the COVID injection injured Americans. Isn't that how that works? Apparently not with them. Here's the real story. This is from today. CDC teams studying East Palestine health risk got sick. Members of the CDC team studying the health effects got sick on they This was today. A CDC spokesman said seven, seven of the 15 investigators experienced symptoms, including sore throat, headache, coughing, nausea. Which, of course, just so happened to be exactly the same symptoms everyone's experiencing in East Palestine. What do you know? Then it says CNN, of course, chiming in with their excellent journalism, reported that whether exposure to the chemicals or fatigue cause the symptoms it's just unclear we just can't tell we're baffled but an official familiar with the cases told the outlet that the workers were suspicious that they'd become ill at the same time and happen are you effing kidding me i mean this i mean this could have been written by a kindergartner like you're like i'm all for logic objectivity here but the obvious reality with the same symptoms and the same problem and the simultaneous illness. It's just, how are you, fatigue? Are you really going to argue fatigue will give seven people simultaneous nausea, headaches, and coughing? I mean, it's willful ignorance, guys. And my point is, apparently, I think that's acceptable in the age of lying about COVID injections. It's just mind-blowingly stupid. Down here, says the derailment, the Norfolk Southern train allowed toxic chemicals such as vinyl chloride. Like, they're just towing the line, guys, despite the testing docs and PFAS, all of this stuff. They don't care. And they know they can get away with it now. It's just mind-blowing. And here's Norfolk, Norfolk Southern CEO saying, our team met with the community at East Palestine Park to discuss how Norfolk Southern can enhance the park. Cool. Says, we'll discuss, quote, enhancing your local park, Okay. So can we now stop talking about how we accidentally poisoned you and your children? Thanks. Right, because the park's what we want, right? Make us a nice park. No, we don't care about the park. We want you accountable for your crimes. And then maybe compensation for what you did to them. And then maybe helping them out of the problem. But no, let's build a nice park in the middle of a toxic zone. I mean, I just can't even wrap my mind around how this is not what well, I mean, I keep saying that. But the bottom line is, guys, and if you can't see that the entirety of the media apparatus, the governments and all of them, they don't care. I don't know how else to frame that. They are happy to ignore this and look the other way. And I truly believe there's a bigger story behind all of this. Whether we're talking about glyphosate or dioxins or PFAS, these things are ubiquitous. 
And I think they know that. And I think they've known this for decades. And I don't think they either don't know what to do with it or don't care. And now suddenly, for whatever reason, we're all kind of coming hip to it. Well, wait a minute. The dachshund background is very li- like when they first came out and said, well, well, we can't test because we have nothing to compare it to. What do you mean by that? Oh, you mean that you already know the dachshund background is really high, so we don't know for sure? Yeah, oops, let that out of the bag. Or PFAS are the things that we know are there that have been high to the point to where they're actually hurting people or affecting fertility. Yep. Exposure to PFAS or forever chemicals can reduce women's fertility by 40%, study finds. This was March 24, 2023. Oh, they suddenly care. Yeah, as I said, interesting how they all suddenly care about this long ignored problem. You know, this decades long known and discussed problem they suddenly write about today because we're all pointing at it. Ask why then the EPA was not testing for this or dioxins in East Palestine before shipping its waste to facilities not set up to deal with either, which I've proven. Right. So if they know this, if this is such an obvious thing that they go, oh, we've done study, we're concluding studies on how rampant this is again then why didn't they test for it before? Se- you know the answer to this, guys. The truth, and I think what we're seeing is that they know this is there. Not just the EPA, but the government. The dachshund problem that they've allowed because of corruption and whatever else and their own manipulation. And the PFAS problem that seems to be completely, un- they don't know what to do about. Or glyphosate, which literally d- destroys your immune system, which primes you for other problems and perfectly works alongside the injection that just destroys your body. We've talked about all of this. My point is, I think they're going, oh, no, they're suddenly paying attention to the background noise. So let's quickly point at anything else, because what are they going to do? Do you realize the level of legal accountability for a 40 year problem or 30, 20, 10 year problem that's been literally killing people to the degree that they I mean, literally. But immune system, reproductive problems, cancers. Think about that. 40% their fertility. This has been known about for a long time. Now, we're going to get more into, at the end, the GMO point. But let's talk about COVID-19 and the overlap with that health problem, right? I mean, I even have this in here in regard to, oh, no, that's the wrong one. I thought I did. I guess not. I thought I had the the article up from the uh, glyphosate discussion I had with with Denny Rancourt and Steffi Seneff. I think I can grab it real quick. Let's see. Perfect. You guys, if you haven't seen this, you really need to. Stephanie Seneff, PhD, broke down the whole entire study about how seriously, how obvious it is. Glyphosate, mRNA, and spike proteins destroying your body. That glyphosate specifically and potentially on purpose, why it's so ubiquitous. Now, if you don't understand this, again, look up. Hold on. (laughs) There's so much. Oh, man. Didn't mean to do that. There's so much in this conversation that just really needs to be fleshed out here. Oh, let's see if this comes out. That popped up. Let's see. Come on. This is about European Parliament members all testing their urine as I, as I titled it, the piss test heard around the world, 150 European parliament members to test their urine for glyphosate. And guess what? Every single one of them had glyphosate in their urine. This was 2016. Can you imagine where it is now? Just to be clear, in case you don't know, glyphosate is in your, it's in the air you're breathing, it's in the food you're eating, it's in the clothes you're wearing. 
That's an actual verifiable fact. These are very dangerous things. All that being said, that's exactly what's now priming you to be most affected by what you're taking. You know, the thing's supposed to save your life, what's actually killing you. And everything else we've talked about, the glyphosate problem with the immune system, it, there's been studies that have actually proven that it primes your system to be more immune, you know, your immune system collapses. So overlapping that with the injection, let's talk about that for a minute. Here's another article from Epoch Times. Vaccinated people make up the majority of COVID-19 deaths, according to CDC data. Now, you'd, you'd be forgiven for thinking this might be an article from two years ago, a year ago. You know, like, but this is still right now the same thing. Now, it's not surprising, seeing as how it's only getting worse. My point in saying that is that's still happening, just as it always was. Many have been pointing this out since 2021 using government data like we were. And I included this link to the pandemic of the injected thread, or rather, you know, category archive. We've been talking about it for a long time. Derek says, how many of those unvaccinated have been vaccinated, but under the timeline threshold to be called vaccinated? The point is that there's a lot of people that get manipulated. That are, you know, the, the 21, 14 day manipulation period is important. Oh, this, oh, I, you know, I was going to go through this, but I'm just going to leave it for there so you guys can read it for yourselves. Here is another Epoch Health article. Virus hit seven to one, vaxxed over unvaxxed. Again, we've proven this to you using UK data that the people who got the injection were three to four times more likely to get the inject, to get the illness or whatever it was going around. Now here, I wanted to point this out. I thought this was actually pretty interesting. A little bit of pat myself on the back, but I think we deserve this. I, I, I can, I, I guess we can prove that at least on Twitter, TLAV coined the term pandemic of the injected. Cause you can search for a pandemic of the injected under either on top or latest and scroll all the way to the bottom. And you'll find two TLAV examples. This one Mainstream media hides pandemic of the injected. That's a bit shoot link, but it's our video. And then under latest, which is funny because you'd think that top would be top, but then latest to be further back. This is 2021, August, August 4th, 2021. We were already saying this is a pandemic of the injected because it is, and it was then it still is now, but all and latest, it goes 2022. It's odd, right? But all the way to the bottom. Vax immune mediated hepatitis confirmed and the false walk back of the narrative. Don't fall for it pandemic of the injected i think it's important now italian doctor suspended why because he's suggesting that they autopsy people that died suddenly like i don't even think you need to explain that story in what context do you think it makes sense to attack somebody for asking not saying let's find out if it's the vaccine but just simply going well we need to autopsy them to find out what they died from and then being fired and attacked for it. How do you not say what that shows you? Don't you care why they suddenly died with no explanation? Apparently not. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, kind of. It's, it's just unbelievable. Sudden deaths on the rise. More autopsies are needed. That's the direct quote. Doctor suspended for two months. Which means any adverse effect in vaccines, in particular that of COVID-19. And the bottom line is, this is from... I mean, do your due diligence on this. It's very clear. I'm trying to skip ahead. But the point is, it's obvious that this is something that just doesn't add up. Why wouldn't you want to know? I think we know the answer to that. Here's the NHS post or you know, document pointing out. We've seen the absurdity of trying to frame every, you know, heart attacks are happening all over the place. And like I just saw a post that said, 
heart attacks are eight times more likely if you've got this unknown problem. <laughs> it's like, my God. Yeah, is that problem an injection you were given four times? Then that would make sense. But it says in Scotland, four babies are a week are, are stillborn. Now, what they just love to, it says sometimes we don't know the cause, but we do know that there are ways to reduce. Yeah, I know the cause in some cases, exactly what you're choosing not to look at. Scotland is most prominent in this discussion that chose to not do the due diligence on this topic. Why? Because we already did it in 2020, despite the fact that it's undeniable that the correlation, everything, they just said, we're not even going to look, we're not even going to investigate the injection. That's what they said about the stillborn problem that's astronomically higher than we've ever seen before. That's what they leave out of this document, that it's only happened since the injections were given, but we don't know why we're baffled. It's like, it gives me a, it makes my stomach tighten up when I, it makes me sick. I can't believe that we live in a world where people are looking the other way. Dr. Seema Holcher points out, huge breaking news, unsafe and ineffective. Pfizer are going to court in a landmark case with global ramifications filed by the High Court of uh, Pretoria, South Africa. International scientists, leading medical professionals have demanded urgent judicial review of Pfizer's mRNA COVID vaccine products, which are argued to be unsafe and ineffective. Everywhere this is coming out, guys. Everywhere. And yet your government is tripling down. Ozzy 17 points out another smoking gun. This is actually really important. There, of course, they're going to only point to COVID-19, despite the peer-reviewed science that shows you that that's not what happens, that there is no there is no connection between pericarditis and myocarditis and COVID-19. They just keep yelling the opposite. There's numerous peer-reviewed studies that point to that. But it says, check out the sales of Multac, which apparently is a like a heart a drug for heart problems, irregular heart rhythms. 70% increase from 2021 to 2022. Right. Oh, the year when everybody's supposed to be saved by the injection. So how would you blame COVID then? 70%. It takes a special kind of stupid to just ignore these kind of correlations, which is a correlation. Staple old drug with no new indication since launch. No other reason for drastic uptick since 2022 than the injection. No other reason than the injection. Here's Sonia Elijah pointing out Rob Ross. Uh, this is the the person that was, you know, kind of became famous for asking or Rob Rue, excuse me, for point for point asking the question that I pointed out many times that we knew since 2020, but still got all the discussion points about how they didn't find out at the stop transmission. We knew that from the beginning. But it says, listen to one of the questions asked by Rob Rue, uh, and this is important. It's about whether they stay in the injection site. Now, remember that conversation in the beginning. Remember how what the pushback was that you're, you're not just a conspiracy theorist that you're actually murdering people because you're misinforming. And then it turns out that, that we were right. And then just gets brushed right over. And now this is the kind of argument for why it kind of is okay that we were wrong. But it, yeah, it's just kind of mind blowing that we've got, that this is still, there are still people that go along with this, despite the fact that this is where it's gotten to. So it does leave your arm. But by the way, she also lies blatantly during this that we can prove. No, before approval of the vaccines, that the vaccines spread through the whole body and did not stay around the injection site. Does this information help us to understand certain side effects? And a personal question to you, Ms. Cook. With the knowledge that we have now, are you still convinced that the process and approval of the vaccines by EMA was the right thing to do? Because now Pfizer is approved for five years. Thank you very much. You asked me about uh, relying on the data from the companies. Uh, 
The majority of the data that comes in is coming from the companies, but we do ask for additional uh, data and we do do some independent research ourselves. Information that's provided by the companies is supplemented by independent information. Yeah, like 99% to 1%, if that, right? And I just, I, I don't buy that for a second. We've seen the kind of garbage they pushed out on top of this. And at best, it still took a lot of what Pfizer and Moderna put forward as absolute fact without verifying it. They just stepped on it and went forward, safe and effective. I just, it, and my, I, I don't know. My point is, I think it's very easily proven that her, her specifically, all of them, they know this. So think about that while you're watching her say this, that she knows that she's being dishonest. That, that'd be my opinion. Information and and uh, and uh, dedicated uh, studies. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the um, uh, uh, about the extent that, uh, the vaccines. Um, yeah. And what's that? Why is this other person oh, right there? Right there. Like what? So they now they're coordinating about what they're supposed to be responding about. Come on. I, I, I'm, I'm very sorry. Yeah, because you asked me about whether the vaccines stay at the um, at the injections uh, uh, site. So the answer is no. The answer is no. Verifiably, the answer is no. It contain within one hour. It is shown to be circulating in your bloodstream. There are three now peer-reviewed studies that I've shown you that prove that. And here's still what she says today. Uh, first of all, let me tell you that the uh, mRNA from the vaccine does not stay in the body for long. False. We've shown, I have, I think, three or four actual autopsy studies that have found mRNA in every organ in the body after they're dead, obviously. So she's either wrong or rather uninformed or lying. Uh, period is broken down very shortly after vaccination. Nope. Um, now you were talking more about the nanolipids than the um, uh, than the spike uh, uh, protein, um, but the, which uh, the mRNA is is present in the vaccine. is quickly broken down. Nope. And when I say the same, I mean the same in the context that it's found in, around your body. Blood spike protein circulating in your bloodstream, lipid nanoparticle concentration found in your spleen, your reproductive organs, according to Pfizer's own data. But still, she just says this because that's the talking point. And it spends very little time in the body. I think that the figure that I have um, here is that we're uh, um, uh, figures of up to about nine days. And uh, mainly the mRNA and the lipid uh, nanoparticles stay at the injection site. Um, wow. I just can't even like you can tell by her cadence that she, I don't even think she believes this. That's my opinion. Because, I mean, look, we know she's wrong. Hundred percent wrong proven i mean this has been discussed even the u.s media and the and the cdc like even they've admitted this like it's just kind of crazy that they, i don't even think they know where their line is anymore somehow these people got put in a position where they're compromised and i think they're just reeling because the story is falling apart everywhere um and they decrease over a period of about nine days um showing that there is a rapid uh, breakdown so only much lower amounts are able to reach other tissues such as uh, the liver we will do okay but right so right there you just admitted that what you screamed us down about was wrong even if you're going to pretend it's always how the game goes oh it's a very 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 small amount well that's more than none isn't it even though we know it's more than a very, very small amount, but it's more than none. So you were wrong then? Okay. You lied about that, or rather you just, you know, hid the, or let's just, let's, whatever, wrong. 
The point is that you now don't acknowledge the fact that that matters, that people were right about this, that you said were crazy. You deep, you fired people. You deplatformed people for things that we can prove today. Everything to assure ourselves that that the information we are getting is reliable and uh, can be and, and that European citizens can rely on them because that's our responsibility to European citizens. And I so you're failing then. I believe we did that job during COVID. Nope. I am confident we did that and you're I wrong. would do it again. You didn't. OK, so back to this. Here is Dr. Peter McCullough. Pfizer registration trials found to be fraudulent greatly overstated efficacy. Well, we know this, right? We've already shown you the the discussion of the which one was it? Oh, that's right. Here we got this. It's in the study. I always grab that first. Serious adverse events of special interest following the COVID and vaccination. This is what it is. COVID and Moderna, both of them. Secondary analysis of both of their phase 3 trials. And it found they lied. Or, you know, missed it. (laughs) Accidentally said the literal opposite of the reality. Oops. The Pfizer trial exhibited a 36% higher risk of serious adverse event, death, hospitalization, permanent disability in the vaccine group. Right? So that's how do you go from 36% higher risk of death, hospitalization, permanent disability, and then accidentally say safe and effective 99%. That's called lying. That's what that's called. And that's the point is that that's what's coming out. Finally. That they their their own trials are found to be not just overstated, they lied. Fraudulence. And that's why we need to start being, we need to start. This is remember the moment that was like 2021, 2022 time frame. We were going, look, we need to stop soft rolling this. It is obvious these are deadly for everyone. Now I said that at the time because, and I still believe that because I saw I felt the data was clear. I wouldn't say something like that if I didn't think it was that obvious. And now, obviously, you've seen a lot of other very high-level people and highly gadget also saying the same thing. Now, I stood by that whether or not people were standing up next to me. But the point is that it's obvious. And now here's RFK Jr. saying Pfizer knew that those injections would cause heart attacks. They did it anyway. We need to have the courage to say things like that if you believe they're true. Now, I think we can prove that. I think we can prove with what we're showing now that they not only hid just the general risk, but individual. And I even take it as far as to wonder whether that was the point. We talked about the myocarditis-inducing coronavirus that Ralph Barrick worked on in the 1990s. We talked about them spreading it in these caves as self-spreading injections. They worked on all this openly. And we're supposed to pretend like it has no bearing on how the exact problem just organically, in quotes, happens. I don't buy it for a second death rates from this vaccine are there's been more deaths in eight months than in all the billions of vaccines combined over the last 30 years from this one vaccine 17,000 recorded deaths in the United States and we know the death rates much much higher than that probably 40 times the best math the best you know studies are showing that it's 40 times that oh um you know, the risks from the vaccine are uh, they're completely untenable. If people knew the truth, they would not be taking this vaccine. And then the benefits of the vaccine are apparently zero or even sub-zero after six months. I See, like, I mean, you could say after six months, but if you're taking this with an immediate risk, whatever benefit minimal after in the, in the, pre, in the first six months is meaningless. 
especially if, if you can drop dead, as some people have, you can have myocarditis and cause yourself a heart attack in a month, then whatever minimal benefit you think you've gained in the first six months that then goes away after six months is not a benefit, right? I mean, but good for him for at least being, you know, objective about this and pointing that out. But bottom line is, that is a net harm, as the British Medical Journal found, right? Net harm. Doesn't matter what benefit you think is there. Overall, it's a negative because it hurts people more. That's the reality. On the British data showing that the people who are vaccinated are actually more likely in many age categories to, uh, to get COVID than people who are unvaccinated, so, which, yep. by the way, was predicted. And, yeah, and we've been telling you that the whole time. Now, we know that Pfizer knew this was going to happen because in their clinical trial, there were among, in a six-month clinical trial, it was only six months. At the end of that people period, 20 people died in the vaccine group and only 14 in the placebo group of all-cause mortality. The, there were five heart attacks in the vaccine group and only one in the placebo group. So your chance of dying of a heart attack from that vaccine, according to their own studies, is 500% greater than if you're unvaccinated. So they knew we were going to kill a lot of people. And they did it anyway. And people need to be able to see those studies and, um, and understand the deception, this you know, criminal deception that has uh, been imposed upon them. My God, we got to have the courage to say things like that. If you, if you, you know, that's provable in my opinion, stand by what you know, and don't be scared by claims of conspiracy theory and God knows what else chief nerd points out. And this is where we are now, right? So, so it's weird how simultaneously they'll tell you he's a conspiracy theorist and he's wrong misinformation. And then at the same time, Oh, well, by the way, though, the WHO now says the COVID injections aren't recommended for kids. And that's totally normal. It's just the flow of science. And it makes sense. No, that's them walking back the argument that you need these forever or that you're still danger in danger. Or what about all the people that only got one or got none? They're still saying, nope, nope, don't recommend them for kids. So realize what they're saying, that they're now pointing out that they were wrong without saying that because they're cowards, that these are dangerous. That can't, or rather, I wouldn't even say pointing out that they're wrong. I just think they're rolling it back to pause what's clearly a runaway train. They are losing control. They've lost control. But if the WHO is saying these are not recommended for healthy kids and teens, that means that they never should have been. And they're just going to make up an argument for why. But they say when it comes to six months of age and up to 17, it's not recommended for most youngsters. But they are still pushing it on the other kind of kids. The ones that are the one they, the idea that they somehow talk about immunocompromised or, you know, the ones they've never tested it on, even though the ones they tested on also got sick and got killed and got hurt. But they never even tested it on pregnant women or immunocompromised. And yet they then go, but they did it first because danger. Oh, because of COVID? You mean the COVID that's less than the flu world around that we can now prove? They've lost control of this, guys. 100% but they're still pushing it. And as the narrative falls apart, they still act like everything's okay. Here is an important, on top of all of it, the House or the Senate, the Senate just voted afterward to end the national emergency. And I simply asked, do you think Biden will veto it? Does this mark the beginning of the next agenda? Bird flu, Marburg, climate change? Or is this actually over? Did we win? Now, I don't think that. I want to see people's thoughts. What was interesting though, is apparently Biden won't veto it, as far as I can tell. He simply said, oh, well, it's going to end in May, so I don't, I don't maybe, he, but we'll see what happens. But it's just arbitrary, isn't it? Well, May now, whatever. The point is, it's, it's 
Just like that. Okay, it's over. Just because we voted. It's done. No emergency. Okay, well, then how do we make sense of the injections then? How do you make sense of all the emergency authorized testing that you're still using? I guess none of it matters because don't forget the FDA, the broken agency that it is, already just warped the whole thing and said it doesn't matter anyway. Emergency authorization forever is fine. To sum up a very overcomplicated situation, that's what's, that's where we are now. So they don't need that anymore. Probably why that just got rolled back. But either way, it shows you that we're past the point. Like they've they there was moments ago where they were telling you we're still in the biggest threat since ever, and that everyone needs this. We're all going to die, and just just like that, it's gone. And as I said, interesting timing. Suddenly, Yellen comes in and says climate change is an existential threat. So is that the next move? <laughs> Who knows? It's not an existential threat. The point is that's a the uh, I get into the whole conversation of climate change, the illusion therein. Not to say we're not destroying this planet in a million different ways, or rather the governments are. But it's an interesting step to suddenly point to this thing as being the threat right after this one rules away. Very, very telling. And on top of all of it, though, which, which is kind of, all of it's mind-blowing, we're at a point where they're telling you, no, the kids don't need it, emergency's over, and but, but HHS still comes out and says, stay up to date with the COVID vaccines. Oh, you mean the ones that we don't need that'll actually kill us? But get them, because the virus changes. Make sure to stay up to date. Yeah, the thing that's less than the flu and gets seemingly less, if that's even what's happening, and the injection that's a net harm that causes more damage than than is than than it does positive, it causes anything at all. And that's, that's assuming that it's even made properly to actually deal with what's actually happening. I mean, there's so much evidence this is ridiculous. And I simply just post the British Medical Journal study that says booster mandates in young adults are expected to cause a net harm. So as they say, make sure to get your boosters, what they're saying is, that's okay. That we're okay with, as it says. Here, let me just open this. It's easier to see. When they say come and get your boosters, what they're literally saying is that they're okay with causing potentially 18.5 serious adverse events. So 18.5 death, hospitalizations, permanent disabilities in order to maybe stop one hospitalization. That's what the British Medical Journal found. It to prevent one maybe prevent one possible one hospitalization over a six month period. We estimate that 31,000 to 42,836 young adults aged 18 to 29 have to get three vaccines in order to stop that one hospitalization. But while doing that, they anticipate 18.5 serious adverse events. Pretty obvious net harm for one possible stopped hospitalization. You possibly gain 18.5 more or deaths, but keep doing it though. Right? Because HHS said, that's as simple as that gets. They don't care. And then I post a peer-reviewed study. And this person posts an Arizona government statement that says, safe and effective, because we said so. Not joking. Look at it for yourself. So I said, I post a peer-reviewed study from one of the high, most highly respected medical publications in existence, and you respond with a post from the Arizona government. Odd choice. Don't you trust the science? Here's another that you can ignore. <laughs> Same one I pointed out before, 36% higher risk. And of course, nothing. And I said, also, that Arizona government post is from January 2022. <laughs> Come on, that's just lazy. If you want to ignore the truth, at least use more current lies. Of course, no response. Oh, wait, was there? Oh, was that? Ah, they just put cute grasshoppers. They don't care. <laughs> so clearly they don't care. So Peer-reviewed science, peer-reviewed science, fact, fact, and then I'll just trust what I said in your dumb cute cricket. 
or whatever. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. How is that the world we live in, guys? It's mind-blowing. Maybe they're all bots because Elon said that's okay. Now let's finish with this really concerning conversation. This is actually real. This, I, this is something we've talked about before, but to connect this with somebody who's worked on the injection with the Bill and Gates Foundation really does concern me. And this is a post from Job. It says, Jack Newman of Amaris, the company who made the adjuvant synthetic, uh, was it, I forget it again, it was um, squalene, comes from sharks, or I think one of, one of them, some, one of the many things I think, or some of the things it comes from is sharks, for our COVID-19 vaccines, also worked on the Bill, Bill Gates pet project, gene eradication tech. Now that doesn't then mean that that was the same thing used in the adjuvant, but it's interesting. That's all it is, is to point this out and to ask ourselves, are they capable of doing something like this surreptitiously? Well, yes, they've written articles about how if they're going to do stuff, this should be covert. We've pointed this out. They've theorized about why doing stuff like this would stop bad people from doing bad things. You know, they, they frame Republicans being racist and so on, or people that don't care about climate change, stopping them, you know, engineering a, a gene that stops them from wanting to eat meat. All these things have been proposed openly talked about so all i'm saying is whether or not you think it's possible that this could be used if not that if it already or it might be in the future he says i call it species eradication tech that could create an infertile gene that can be switched on or off and passed down to the next generation which by the way the point is it's already been done with mosquitoes and that's the same thing oxytech george bill gates the same group I'm sure it wasn't just for mosquitoes concerning Bill Gates and the rest of his good club, which is actually what they call themselves. Please watch the video below. Let's watch it. This is really concerning. Wait a minute. Oh, you know what? I, I, I did forget about this one. Hold on a sec. Let's see if I can even get it. Sometimes when you have these videos... Oh, no, it looks like there's only one video. Okay, good. Hold on. I forgot this was a video. I haven't done that in a while. Hold on. So, the, so just as I'm grabbing this, the, the interesting overlap is this person is giving like kind of like a TED Talk kind of discussion point. And what he's saying is he's talking about this exact kill switch. So this is not up for debate. This is a real thing that, I mean, undeniably could be applied to humans. It's exactly how this works. Of course, they'll argue that that would, how dare you suggest that would never happen? You know, always clutching their pearls and saying, oh, no, how insulting as literally probably doing exactly that. Oh, I got to remove this. Hold on. There we go. Stop there and uh, leave the amorous story. Um, but I want to stick with one particular piece of it, and that is this on-off switch to try to tie up really the fundamental programming of these systems and devices to a potential outcome, the one that Dan was talking about. So this on-off switch can also be uh, used to solve another problem that matters. Um, and that is the one uh, that Dan alluded to from the Gates Foundation um, slide. The deadliest animal in the world, killing over 700,000 people annually, and mostly children. Most of this is malaria. Uh, you can see the map there sort of in the background. The darker colors are where there are more than 10 million cases annually. Uh, this is a huge disease problem. And of course, mosquitoes not only carry malaria, but they carry dengue and they carry chikungunya. Now, 
There are over 3,000 species of mosquitoes globally, but only 30 cause disease. And this is the state of the art to deal with those mosquitoes. A nonspecific insecticide fogging where the actual droplet of the poison has to come in contact with the insect. And by the way, not only does it kill the target mosquito, it kills every mosquito. And by the way, not only does it not kill every mosquito, but it kills every insect. That sounds great. What about, you know, bees and everything else? Gee, I wonder why they're all gone, going away. Like, the point is, they take this, these, these broad action like this. They just don't care if they're, you know, whether it's because of a corporate thing about selling the product or, you know, whatever else is trying to be achieved. They do stuff with just disregard for things around it. Health, human life, other insects, or the kids in the classroom. And probably not so great for the students in this classroom either. That's the state of the art. And state it's of the not art. working at all. There are 300 to 500 million cases of malaria every year uh, and a vast number of deaths. This is what we are living with. This is the status quo. And so I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the work that uh, originated at Oxytech about employing this simple switch. Uh, Oxytech was the group that Bill Gates worked with. I'll show you the, the article in a moment. To put it into a mosquito and control basically what would be a gene that would turn off the mosquito. A lethal gene. A lethal gene. No reason that can't be applied to humans. And so the way this works then is that you rear the mosquito with the lethal gene off. So the male mosquitoes that you're breeding there uh, can grow and thrive uh, in a rearing facility. You can grow lots of them. They're released into the environment and they'll mate with the female mosquitoes. And then the progeny, in the progeny, that switch turns on. Meaning it's passed down. Right. So that is the pro that is the concern about the generational concept. Right. And I mean, look, we're watching that happen right now. I'll play this in a second in regard to the the mRNA and the problems therein, and the spike protein and so on. Well, specifically the mRNA that we're see this is being discussed right now as arguably being able to pass down generationally. Is that already we're talking about? Something that hasn't been executed yet. We're watching this steep, aggressive decline in, in reproductivity. Fertility, you know, in alongside the PFAS forty percent reduction and glyphosate and fluoride and aluminum, God knows what else, dioxins, PFAS, everything. Just, I mean, it's just this is just posing the question that we need to ask whether or not, or rather, just simply, if you just want to take it very simple, why we allow this to even be done? What happens if it gets out of control? What happens if that somehow translates over to people and we can't control it anymore? Oh, there goes the human race. Who cares? Right? Like, that's a real thing, guys. Not to say that that's, I mean, maybe that's like based on the science. Maybe that's not even in their minds technically possible. Probably, you know, the idea of like, I made this argument about the, the Monsanto stuff. The idea that these things can cross-pollinate. Well, people push back. Well, saying different species can't cross-pollinate. Well, yeah, you're right. But who's to say these things can't change and adapt? And, you know, this is how things work. Talking about the, the virus is evolving and blah, blah, blah. I'm just simply pointing out that we don't know the long-term side effects. This is a human-type experiment. When you're releasing these insects with this kind of genetic modification into the world, we've already watched byproducts they didn't expect. This scares me. And then even more so, the real nefarious question about whether it's bigger than just accidental mistakes. Now, that leads to a non-viable mosquito progeny. It's time-delineated. The genetics last for roughly two weeks. Time-delineated. Now, look, I, I haven't found anything that I think I can prove. 
around that conversation showing people spinning around and falling over around the world. Many of you probably seen that. But it's an interesting thing to think about. Time delineated. So arguably, if this was the case, it'd be something that could be executed. And so, or, you know, out maybe on the spot or maybe previously based on a certain time frame. But we have seen those. That, that, very weird. People that do the same thing and kind of look over the shoulder and spin around and stop and, and they twitch out and so on. It's been all every, I've seen them pretty much everywhere in the world. Now, again, I haven't been able to prove that that is somehow connected to what we're talking about. It's still interesting nonetheless. But again, just theorizing. You know, the thing they, they fear the most. <laughs> theorizing about how they can conspire to control you. They love to make that not true, but it's just simply discussing the possible. They hate it. In the field. And how do we know this? Because field trials to date have shown a 90% suppression wow. in mosquito populations no persistence of the genetics in the environment. So you're talking about a solution now that's 10 times more effective than DDT at less than half the cost with no environmental collateral damage. So, so we're told. But so here's bringing this back to the other conversation. You have a group of people that are, that are basically making the argument that if we don't act like over the top right now, we're all going to die very soon. So, with that in mind, do you think they would shy away from doing this without your knowledge? Do you think that people in power, let's say they really were of the mind that they needed to do something like this, that we can't allow the population to keep growing because we're just not going to be able to survive? If they really felt that way, do you really think they would shy away from just going, well, let's execute this plan. It's for the greater good. It's for everyone's best interest. And then we see half the population fall or people no longer having children. Guys, that's whether or not that is the plan. That's what we see happening right now. We see a decline in Scottish neonatal or rather an increase in neonatal deaths or a decline in general, general, uh, what's the right word? Reproductivity would be, you know, general in births, decline in births. We see that happening around the world right now. So is is it that far of a thing to think that this might be something that's going on? I'm just posing the possibility because we know that they're driving the irrational state and saying that we, if we don't do something, it's all over. Why wouldn't they then think they have to act, especially when they could point at one side of the paradigm that just doesn't understand? That's amazing. And so that pretty much concludes my talk. Uh, I've made a pitch for uh, the Amherst technology uh, I've made a pitch for the OxyTech technology. By the way, I got involved with OxyTech through uh, the nonprofit Zagaya.org that I helped co-found. Um, and now I'd like to make a pitch for DARPA. Uh, DARPA. Because I think it's just amazing that there's an organization that really devotes itself to these sorts of breakthroughs. Yeah, yeah. On the surface, don't forget, this was the Insect Allies plan that scientists the world around pointed out was a was a barely concealed weapons program i mean it's it's just it's such it's amazing how we forget our own history now this guy or let's put it this way whether or not he realizes this can be abused why would the government not use this already Right. I mean, we know we realize they're already using this stuff is the point. But why would they have not used this elsewhere, especially when they realize that they think they've succeeded? It's very concerning to me. Now, here is some of these the other images that Job shares. However, these genetic kill switches could also be used to shorten life by artificial chromosomes placed in humans, just as they have the potential to lengthen life in particular. 
it was revealed in 2017 that DARPA had invested $100 million in gene drive research. Whitney's written about this. We've talked about it on the show, which uses genetic modification to wipe out entire populations, explaining why it's often referred to as genetic eradication technology. Driven to exterminate how Bill Gates brought gene drive extinction technology into the world. It's kind of, it's pretty damn alarming, doesn't you think? Now here is Amorous. Oh, and his point, by the way, don't forget, was that this guy of Amorous, the company who made the adjuvant for COVID-19 vaccines. That's why that's so concerning. Here, Amorous partners with IDRI to create adjuvants for COVID vaccines. This is July 27th, 2020. And it didn't stop there. Amherst completes first major license for leading RNA vaccine advancing technology to human trials. So this isn't COVID. We're now July 2021. So they're looking past the COVID-19 discussion and even more so. Here's January 2022. Amherst and Immunity Bio complete joint venture for next generation COVID RNA injections. Is that the bivalent that was hurting so many people? Maybe. Here is Oxitech. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, just in case you needed to see that. $1.6 million. Here's the article written by Whitney Webb. Eco-genocide and the genetically engineered mosquito army. And it gets into all this stuff. All the way back in 2020. I just can't believe this is even happening, right? So here, we'll, this segment will end with the uh, clip by Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, and where he's telling you that not only is this happening, but these, in the sense of these things can be, you know, circulate your body, but they are now being translated into children. So if this is the case, we'll truly see this come into effect in the next generation. Colleagues from Malmo, uh, Sweden, demonstrated that the Pfizer vaccine reverse transcribes through an enzyme called line one. That means DNA is made from the Pfizer RNA code and then is installed into the human genome or is at least found in chromatin about six hours after injection. Now, this was using a human hepatoma cell line, so they had to get the right cell line. They had to get the right conditions. But the CDC has always said, don't worry, these vaccines don't alter human DNA. This is the first paper to show that at least the middle 444 base pair clearly is in human DNA. And many experts believe if the middle part of the code gets in it, then the full length of the code must reverse transcribe. If this is true, if this paper is true, this has massive implications. Now, it's going to have to be validated. It's going to have to be a lot, a lot of additional work. But if this is true, this means people who have taken the vaccine now actually have a permanent alteration in their genes that they themselves have the code for this dangerous Wuhan spike protein that was altered in the lab in China. That they themselves, years later, could potentially produce the spike protein either on a chronic low level to cause disease or on an inducible level, and that means in the setting of a stress, produce a lot of it, and then create spike protein disease in the body, which I'll tell you, clearly the spike protein causes disease. But this is far and away the most worrisome paper that has been published since the release of the vaccines. And if it's true, 
we could be in real trouble because parent cells would pass it on to daughter cells. That means gametocytes, that is sperm and egg, will contain some of this and pass it down to the baby. And we'll never be able to get this spike protein out of the human species. This is as well as whatever we just talked about, if that's the case. An extremely, extremely important development, a student in a lab in Sweden. Now, we've talked about this before. This is the liver cell line conversation, right? I mean, it's and it's been backed up. But this is actually a reasonably old clip. He's talked about this since, like double, double down on the reality. I mean, it's not to necessarily, I think, don't for sure, but rather that it's possible based on the evidence. Now, to take this one step further. Just, you know, whether, whether it's the first part we just talked about or the, or the injection risks in and of themselves passing down. Whether it's through animals or food or however else. This is very concerning, guys. This is good. We, all happening rapidly around, even as we watch the utter and absolute failure that is the mRNA injection agenda. It's, it's amazingly not only not stopping, but increasing in every other way. They're rolling out all the mRNA injections for dog vaccines that no one's talking about. That's already already pretty much in effect because they don't care because nobody cares. I don't know why people don't care about what they put in their dog's bodies. January 10th, 2023, JAMA Network, 20 strain, a 20 strain universal mRNA flu vaccine effective in animal studies. <laughs> My God. These are 20 strain mRNA injections. You're pumping these animals full of 20 different mRNA flu strain. I mean, this is mindlessly like we're watching all this stuff happen. What do you think is going to happen to these animals? Like not only are you going to potentially destroy the food population, but the food that you do end up getting is going to be rife with all the same problems we're talking about. Does that translate? Do we care? And then we have examples from 2021, even further back going forward. Grow and eat your own vaccines. Is that already happening? We should ask that. Plants as mRNA factories for edible vaccines. Now, Derek wrote an excellent article today. Mexico battles U.S. government and Mr. Monsanto to protect food sovereignty. It, it's just kind of, So right now what's happening is essentially the U.S. government is trying to force Mexico to use GMO corn, despite the fact that the population and largely they don't want it. And yet the government is literally threatening legal action to force them to take their terrible food. Many the, the stuff is banned in some places around the world. I mean, it's, it is really kind of take like, and of course the point is, that is the glyphosate overlap, right? They know this, this is the problem. He says the commissioner noted that Mexico has a rich store of exceptionally healthy varieties of corn. It is alarming to find that 90% of the tortillas are shown to have traces of both glyphosate and transgenics. This is supposed to be natural. The point is, regardless of what they, this is already blending in with what they have out there that's organic. That's why you find it in the urine of, of parliament members or every craft beer made in Germany or every organic wine in Napa Valley. Those are real things. You know what that means? Technically, they're not organic anymore. They just alter the definition to go, well, who cares? Because everyone's like that now. No, that's crazy. 90% of tortillas were shown to have them. The biosecurity of Mexico is of utmost importance. That's what he writes. And it goes on to say, political reported actually in 2016, progressives say that they are disappointed that during, oh, wait, actually, I forgot to read the, uh, well, anyway, actually, I'm trying to rush through it. The point is, this is unbelievably obvious. 
the way they're trying to force this around the world. Now, why is that? And also on the top of that, realize that in my opinion, this only adds to the impending regime change that Mexico is likely going to have to live through. But I think what's most important about this as they push their genetically modified foods on other countries is what else is going on there. Now, we've talked about smart dust and the other things before we end with the Great Reset kind of overlap. I want us to ask whether this has already happened, happening, or is something that's being actively worked on. We know that smart dust, as we've made clear, this video was shared by Rage Against the Vaccine. I'm going to play for you the full thing. We've played for you many times, but I'm glad to see that other people are pointing this out. This has one part of it in here, but I'm going to play for you the clip that they played. Smart dust is not a fake story. And it's been around, as I'll make very clear for you in the symposium, for, for 15 years. God only knows what it can do today. God only knows if it's been used on you today. Spraying or injections or who knows. The fact that that's such a pushback is kind of incredible. Like, on, on a, actually, on a side note, I was watching the, a, the press briefing today. Or not today, but one of them. And uh, what's his name? Ducey, I think, brings up the, co- the conversation about artificial intelligence. And this is a point we'll make at the end of the show today, but people saying, well, if we don't do something now, this is going to destroy humanity. I mean, these are not just ridiculous people. These are high level people that are educated and have degrees on the topic and are literally going, this is, we are going to kill ourselves. He reads that out. Not only does KJP sneer and laugh and look the other way, but then the next person that comes up with a question and goes, sorry, onto something more, more, a more serious topic. That is how they're engaging with this right now. They, because they think it is what they're supposed to do, that smart people don't talk about these things because that makes them dumb. No, you're dumb for following along with what you're told makes people smart. They're ignoring real story. Just like they just dis- dis- denied, derided, and dismissed Epstein until they, were ha- they had to talk about it or dismiss the vaccine problems until they forced it down their throat. They're doing the same thing. Oh, AI problems, you're a conspiracy theorist, until it's right on top of them. This is what's actually happening, and we need to pay attention. The project first dreamed up by the military to get information from the battlefield. They call it smart dust, and the new technology may soon make it possible to keep track of anything, anywhere, including you. Smart dust originated with DARPA back in the 90s. This powder-sized chip is something called the Mu chip from Hitachi. It's the smallest commercially available RFID system in the world. You can literally scatter this stuff like dust or embed it into a sheet of paper. It doesn't require a battery. Flecks of computing power settling on your skin, ingested, monitoring you inside and out. The nanoparticles are designed to go under the radar of the immune system. And so they are undetected in the body. We have computing everywhere, we have connectivity everywhere, we have infrastructure that can compute those with new capabilities like AI. If you have enough data and you have enough computing power, you can understand people better than they understand themselves and then you can manipulate them in ways which were previously impossible. Transhumanism is a growing movement that aims to use technology to modify our bodies, sometimes in radical ways to make them stronger, faster, and better. It's a good little montage clip that gets the point across, but I think it's more important to see it in its real state because that can be like that will be dismissed by people that just think it's all, you know, a flashy edited manipulation, right? This, well, this is the real, this is Maker Con. 
Alistair Allen, and we've talked about it many times, the inevitability of smart dust. This was eight years ago. And while this was being discussed eight years ago, he points back, I think, 10 years and says that's when this was happening. Only only imagine what state it's at right now. So let's watch just this part again. And you haven't really seen anything yet. So this is closer to the end of the vision. This is this powder sized chip. He just was talking about the transition from implant from from wearables to implantables. And now he's talking about the smart dust eight years ago. Um, and that's a salt crystal. So this is a small thing. Which it's I something know. called the Mu chip from Hitachi. It's the smallest commercially available RFID system in the world and can be pulse powered by radio waves. It doesn't require a battery. You can literally scatter this stuff like dust. Now, in this case, he's talking about the fact that from outside, it can be pulse controlled, but doesn't need a battery. But next, he talks about your own body, body heat being part of something for a different one or embed it into a sheet of paper. Wow. And you know what the really interesting thing about this technology is? This was commercially released 10 years ago. Think about that, 10 years ago. Right, so this is eight years old. We're talking t- almost 20 years ago. This is what they were capable of. Can you, I mean, think about what must be happening now. As I understand, I think this was like the, an eighth the size of a sheet of paper. I mean, you can you, break it down for yourself. That's a, that's a piece of salt. That's the mute chip. No, that, that's what's much smaller than that right now. But that right there is dust. You blow it in the air. You won't even see it lands on your skin. I mean, I don't know why we can't talk, why people can't consider that. I mean, why this is, I guarantee you this is being used. That's my opinion. Based on what they've done before, their actions and what they know they can use this for. So the inevitability of smart dust. So what is smart dust? Well, Smart dust, of course, isn't a new concept. It's the originated with DARPA back in the 90s. Of course it did. And it's general purpose computing, sensors, wireless network, networking, all bundled up into millimeter scale sensor modes, drifting in the air currents, flex of computing power settling on your skin, ingested, monitoring you inside and out. And if you don't think that's possible, this is the Michigan Micromote. It's a cubic millimeter in size. And in deference to the speaker before, yes, it runs on our own processor. Um, right. So the point is, it runs on your own body's heat and energy. You just, you don't, you don't need, the, the idea that we point to things today that are, you know, the size of a coin or a big, like, big pill, and they go, the newest thing. This was, <laughs> this was at the very least uh, 10 years ago. Talk, and those, that first one was pointing back 10 years before that, or t- eight years, then 10 years. So the idea that we hold up this huge RFID thing and act like that's the cutting edge, we're being lied to. So how, why would that be the case? Why would they need to put us in the mindset of this is the current technology unless, if it wasn't for the fact that it was already being used? That's my opinion. But I just, don't, I just don't know why this is not a more of a prominent conversation with geoengineering and injectables and all the different stuff happening today. It's a tiny computer, and it features data pro- uh, processing, data storage, wireless comms. Wireless and- comms. Wireless communication with things that can land on your skin. It's probably as close to the true smart dust vision from the early DARPA days as we've come so far. They're designed to harvest energy from the environment around them and to communicate via a mesh network. And, of course, the energy is the key problem with this. You can make the computing small, the energy is hard. Anyone that's actually taken a laptop or their cell phone apart will know that the, the size of the board compared to the size of the battery is a big deal. 
So think tiny solar cells for power. And although that's not the only route, there are a whole bunch of other passive energy generation techniques, like vibration harvesting, for instance, have already been scaled down quite nicely. And the sort of minute amounts of energy they generate are actually quite well suited to the minute amount of power that this sort of thing needs. Um, and of course, at least for medical or, or bio use, the, the body heat is another obvious potential energy source. Mm -hmm. After how much sunlight are you going to get and inside an intracranial bleed? And more important, this is actually something that really excited me at the tail end of the year. This is a, a prototype of an ambient backscatter device, and it's from a team at the University of Washington. They're using existing TV and uh, cell transmissions, ambient RF energy, effectively, that's already in the air around us, not just to power the devices, but also as the communication medium by reflecting or absorbing the pre-existing radio signals. Now that, now that looks large, but just realize that it, who knows what it's at today. They're talking about, and maybe one of the reasons why we're just overwhelmed with all these RFID signals and all this e EMF and, you know, things that are dangerous for us. Things that we know are affecting us and causing cancers, but it's just too late now. <laughs> at, put, put, mark it down next to glyphosate, next to dioxin, next to PFAS, every other thing they know is hurting us and don't care. The point is that imagine that being used in a smaller way that can just use, I mean, all these things are designed to be used in the system they've built around us. I don't know what that would be if not concerning. Now, this is the direction it's all going. As Rage Against the Vaccine points out, traffic in the Chinese city is controlled by artificial intelligence. Turn to the wrong intersection, and of course, your credit score will be downgraded. Coming to a city near you. get the point they love to give the nice music and make it sound like it's going to better your life and all, all i can see even when they're doing that is control this is as simple as it gets and no matter how many things you try to flash in front of the screen you're talking about more control over our lives from a group that has been clearly shown itself to not care to lie to cheat to steal to murder whenever it suits the agenda that's both chinese and american governments but here uh, just in the interest of time because i need to get get going and take care of my pup here this is a great post from, from Patrick Henningsen, 21st Century Wire, uh, UK column. 15-minute city scam moves ahead. Now, I, I mentioned this the other day. Bottom line is, this is just some random guy in a weird black shirt with green hair standing next to a couple of women with these seemingly official, uh, like, reflective vests that seemingly everybody in UK has their car, or I guess the people at work. But what's interesting is so this woman pulls up and says, okay, I need to go. It's 15-minute stop. And they go, well, you can't. You get to, you know, this, and they point to the sign. And she goes, move out of the way. I got to go to work. Sum it all up. It goes back and forth a couple times until finally goes, what are we talking about here? What's the price? Is it a fine? Okay, it's a fine if you go through. And she goes, fine, then find me. Move. Find me. I'll take the fine. I want to go to work. So you'd think that would end it, right? No. So once they get put to task and they say, okay, you, you'll take the fine? Okay, we don't want to let you go anyway. And then all they do is they keep pointing at the sign. But the sign, but you, but you, don't you care about the environment? The point is, apparently they just didn't expect anyone to go, give me the fine then. 
And why do these people think they have the right to stand and block traffic anyway? Guys, this is coming toward you. This is the reality. It's in the documentation. They have the ability to make you have permits and to control the flow. And you are stuck in your controlled zone, your ward, your, your whatever you want to call it. This is the dystopian reality of the future. And it doesn't matter whether you think, whether they think that or whether they want that or whether it is that now, it has all of the trappings to become that instantaneously when the wrong person's in control. And that's probably where we are right now. Now here is Antonio Sweets pointing out, and I'm just going to again tell you this. This is how the TD Bank is sneaking in mandatory digital banking. Bottom line is they force you. Oh, it's, it's uh, well, let's see. What do I have left? Yeah, I'm just going to tell you. So she basically, her bottom line is that she's trying to, they're trying to force you onto a certain banking app and they force you to have to sign this. Let me play it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Basically, it's a way of, to, it's like a trap door in digital ID. And I love, the most important part she talks about is how they, they basically set this up to where non-response is essentially compliance. <laughs> That's just as dishonest as it gets. Hi, Canada. What's going on with TD Bank? It sure looks like TD Bank is trying to force digital ID. If this goes through without any pushback, you can bet the other banks are going to follow suit. Here's a copy of what some people got by email. I also have confirmation that there were paper copies sent out through the mail, and some people even had them hidden in their inbox for their online banking. That does not seem right. You know, that, that weird inbox you have on like your banking platform that you never check, <laughs> like the, the red dots on it. Yeah, think about how, how misleading that is. What's the main concern? The wording. Since when does not reaching out before a deadline count as consent? In every other case, you have to agree to terms and conditions. Non-action or not doing anything doesn't mean you agree. This is completely new and untrustworthy. In the very first email about this, it talks about the Interact Verification Service, formerly known as Verified.me. What you talked about, right? That's, that is exactly what, it, that, that's a digital ID transition platform. We've talked about that many times. This is digital ID, folks. Go to the Verified.me webpage and Obviously. check it out. It states it's a digital identity verification network. That's a mouthful. And you only have until April 24th to call or go into a branch to tell them no, or you're automatically enrolled. Wow. Here's the next problem, though. Several people I know called TD Bank, and they don't even know about this. Yeah. How can they force you to agree by doing nothing or refuse, but when you call to refuse, they can't help you? Because this is not a branch thing, right? It's either a bank, high-level corporate thing, or a government high-level bank corporate thing, right? That's, that's the only way this works. The branch, they're like, well, I don't know, because they're not the ones making these decisions. The point is you're not supposed to opt out. I think we all see that. This is the final push that will force people into digital ID. Once that's in place, quite frankly, we're screwed. They could do away with cash, track our carbon credits, and move the goalposts as they inch towards total control. We can't let this happen. Now is the time to fight back and let them know they need to provide an option that isn't a digital ID. If you want to call to complain, email customer.service at td.com or call 1-833-259-5980. Pretty interesting. That's where we're going. We're on a fast track in that same direction. Now, here is the interview I just did with Catherine Austin Fitz. Yeah, for I, I, me personally, I felt like it wasn't one of my best ones, but I, I nonetheless, she is outstanding always. It's the third interview I've had with her. One of the things that I want for me, this is a topic that I've made clear just in conversation in general. The the idea 
of you know the finance side of this. I'm not the expert on this at all. In fact, it's one of the areas where it's most confusing in a lot of ways. And in the concept of all this, there's some things we're getting into that she, you know, that she's she's very well versed on, right? That I that that, that whole somebody commented about the idea of this the, the interview in general. And my point was like, look, I, I don't know everything, not even remotely. Anyone out there that thinks that I'm somehow an expert in all these topics is completely misled, and that's not the case. And my whole point is that that's I'm I am blessed to be able to have people like her and other people that I consider experts on to to be able to ask these questions to, to so I can learn for myself. Right. And I, I love that you guys are on this journey with me. The bottom line, though, is that there's a lot of stuff in this that is 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 for the average person, myself included, is, is hard to understand. Either way, I think she does a really good job of making this simple and making it, it may, you know, making it very. I just right word for it. I mean, simple is the right word, but just there's I, making it something that's not so convoluted with all the the. Same thing with like legislation and politics. Like they, they go out of their way. That's why these things are 400 pages and so on to make it so it's impossible for you to actually engage with. But it's called SVB was executed as in like the agenda was completely executed and planned. Big bank consolidation and the financial coup. It's important. Now, here's one clip that you can watch that uh, this was D, Dr. ZW broke down just to give you a kind of insight on what she's talking about. And I think it's important to understand that this is controlled events that are within a framework which is very engineered and planned. So um, so at the root of what's going on today is there is a group of people who are trying to totally centralize control of all financial transactions on the planet, 100%, using digital technology. So, so we have one group, and you played Augustine Carstens. He's the general manager of the Bank of International Settlements. And basically what he said is we can create the rules centrally and we can enforce centrally because it's no longer your money, it's our money, and we can set the rules on how you can use our money. And, and what he's saying includes, you know, taxation without representation. That's what he's describing. Okay, and it's a very rare moment when a central bank is telling you the truth. So, so there's a group of people who are centralizing uh, financial transaction control and ending their desires to end financial transaction freedom. And then there's a group of people, a surprising number of whom of the most effective are in Tennessee, trying to protect financial transaction freedom. And that's the root thing that, that you and I need to understand. What we want, what everybody watching this wants, is they want financial transaction freedom. I want to be free to transact with you. And as the song says, ain't nobody's business if I do, right? Okay, it's between you and me. So one of the things, of course, we want to do is preserve cash. The second thing you're watching is we have this fight between the people trying to control and the people who want to pr preserve financial transaction freedom. And I want to point out, without financial transaction freedom, there will be no freedom. Freedom depends on financial transaction freedom. So, so between this dynamic of the people trying to protect freedom, transaction freedom, and the people trying to get control, you also at the top have a whole bunch of people competing for who's going to be, you know, as they shrink the chairs in the game of musical chairs, everybody's fighting for who's going to be where on the chessboard. I understand. She's talking about them amongst themselves. Like that's an interesting, see, this is, I like, this is why she's so incredibly insightful. The point is, it's not just, it's very easy to fall into the trap that it's all, you know, like, look, when I talk about the government doing this to you, that's for a reason to break past the two party illusion, but don't, I'm under no illusion that it's completely just in lockstep in the same thing in every possible way. That's why, for instance, Whitney, even, even from an international scale talks about like the tri-national security state. And the point is there's moving parts to all of this. And what she's describing here is that financially, even as they may be in the same direction for, for the way this plan is going, they're still all vying for power amongst themselves, which leads to all sorts of uncertainties and dip things that, we, I mean, 
I think that's important to understand. That's why things don't often go exactly the way that even they might have planned out. But overall, it is still completely executed, coordinated, and part of a larger plan. And who's going to control the control, right? Right. So, so we have to watch the watchers. Two battles going on between the decentralized team and the centralizers, and then the centralizers are fighting among themselves. And of course, every effort is being made by the corporate media to turn the rest of us who are trying to fight for transaction freedom to to do divide and conquer. And so it can be very confusing to watch this if you don't see the gist of the main game. Right. Watching. I mean, it's confusing anyway, right? I think that's intentional. But just realize that it's, you know, very clear that you're, as, as an American or as, as a world citizen, right now, you are actively trying, they are trying to manipulate you for this end. And among many other things. And it, should we, in the interview, we referenced this, uh, Richard Werner, and this is, a, this is a great interview by Taylor Hudak, COVID measures and the central controls over the economy. Ties it all back in with what the, what the COVID agenda was really about. Lastly, a cash society is a surveillance society. Major Australian bank to end cash withdrawals from its branches as the end of paper notes looms. Remember that fake idea, the fake cash society argument was all fake news until it literally happens. Well, here's the article you can read for yourself. Bernie's tweets points out UK Bank of England asked government to decide if they want a programmable digital pound so government can restrict what you buy, when you buy and where you go. All linked to whether you comply with correct behavior. Oh, what a conspiracy theorist, except that's literally what it says right on the article. Digital cash can be programmed to ensure it is only spent on essentials or goods which can employ. <laughs> Did you love that? I guarantee you somebody read our tweet and was like, oh, what a conspiracy theorist. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> it's literally what they're arguing. Like it's gotten that ridiculous now. Like it's right on the surface, guys. And even what you tell people, like you tell them, look, they're spraying in the skies. You conspiracy theorist. Guys, it's been admitted openly. For years now, <laughs> we still say it's conspiracy theory. That's how broken some people are. And I'm going to leave you this thread just because we're going to end now. But this is a great thread by James Melville. I was just going to play you his clip right here where he tells you what he's seeing. But this is a really amazing thread with a lot of most, almost every one of these clips we played actually on the show at one point or another about the digital ID, digital currencies, social credit. It's where this is going, guys. It's where they want it. It's where they're pushing it aggressively. It's partially where we already are. Even our credit system in this country is comparable to social credit elsewhere, just used in a slightly different way, less overall encompassing. But that's where I think it was meant to go in the first place. Lastly, OpenAI's chat GPT chatbot blocked in Italy. I was really happy to see this, that there are some places out there that are, that they even go, even governments that seemingly are in line with other things and, you know, allies of the US and so on, they see this. They understand the concern here. They have now blocked it in Italy over privacy concerns. That's a big step, and I'm glad to see that happening. And then finally, just realizing that even people like Elon Musk, a petition was circulating to pause all major AI developments. No more chat GPT, any of it, which was apparently signed by Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak, and the people that you might not expect. Now, does that mean they're on your side? Not in my opinion, but for whatever reason, Something's at least at least the illusion is that they want to slow it down. But I think we all need to realize that there is a problem here and everyone seems to be aware of how rapidly this is happening. And even some people seemingly inside of this are like, well, let's just slow it down a bit. Obviously, obviously, this is not about what they want you to think it's about. And I think they've bit off a little more than they can chew. I think they're aware that the average person is way more aware of where this is right now than they want to be. They, like than they what do you than the way the corporate media presents it? I think just like with the COVID injection, the average person sees through this. 
right now anyway, to one degree or another. So if they pull it back a little bit, slow it down, point to other things, moments later, it comes right back. That's how this works. But overall, it's pretty damn clear that they see what you see. They know you see them. They know you see what's really going on. And so they're just hoping that you stop paying attention. That's not going to happen. Not with this show. Not with people like us out there. We're going to keep putting this in front of you as much as possible. So thank you for tuning in today. Luckily, we didn't have any issues. Tornado special. But I think it's where like the timing actually shifted and looks like it's going to be passing over Tennessee like in the next couple hours. So I'm going to go try to be safe. I hate it. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I don't have a basement. So I guess I just have to cross my fingers. But thank you for tuning in today. We're going to continue to do this no matter what, guys. You believe in us. We believe in you. And I think the only way we get past this and all the reality, the the nightmare that it truly is, is to stand together and to stand for what we believe in. People like Catherine stand up. I mean, or you know, talking about people like John Bush and Derek Rose, the kind of people that's, that are outlining not just what we need to do, but how we can fight back, how we can build alternative systems, agorism, peer to peer economies. And we just don't talk about that enough. We need. I mean, I'm, me personally, we need to start leaning into this. It's the only way we're going to get around this. So thank you for tuning in today. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. When the central bankers of the G7 nations went into the room in Jackson Hole in August 2019 and they voted on the going direct reset, everything that's happening to us right now is part of the going direct reset and they voted on it. It was a plan. Okay? So they wrote a plan. They decided to do this. So they've been... They've been engaged in the financial coup for 20 years. We're now coming into the end game. They have to consolidate the financial coup and they vote on the going direct reset. And with that one decision, they made a decision over the next year to put 500 million people out of work. That's the equivalent of dropping several nuclear bombs around the world. That's financial warfare. And they made it intentionally. They made it knowingly. And it was a plan. And what is very important to understand when you think about this pandemic is people are not dying from magic viruses. People are dying from tyranny. They're dying from a great poisoning that's part of that tyranny. But our problem and the thing we need to be afraid of is tyranny because the tyranny is about to get much, much worse. And, and it's the passports and, and that system of central bank digital control that will give them the ability to do that.